was tired of my party. We were down on our luck with lifetime politicians only out for a buck. And then at home one evening, reading Craigslist online, and in the personal section, you know this pose caught my eye. If you like Barack Obama versus more of the same, if you're not into Clinton, if you're not for McCain, I've examined the options on the political scene And the other contenders seem like the same old routine So I've responded to the posting with an ad of my own And though I'm not much of a writer, I thought it struck the right tone if you like Barack Obama versus more of the same, if you're not into Clinton, if you're not for McCain, and if you want to make a difference in the OA campaign, vote with me for Obama and be an agent of change. If you like Barack Obama versus more of the same, if you're not into Clinton, if you're not for McCain, and if you want to make a difference... Full of shame. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, excellent. Why? Hello. It's uh, three minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this the month of March of the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming by, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy. Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program on exercise in musicality. Uh, it is Friday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 if you'd like to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, observations on the musical stylings of Timmy Ryan, what have ye. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, about whom we'll talk more in a moment, uh, is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your thoughts on Squeaky From, whatever it is you might have. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. 
Uh, .am. All right. So there you go. So that's the... Um, we just play... That's the more or less final version of that song. I really... I can't think... I really can't think of anything else to make it better. I mean that in the best way, but... <laughs> I don't mean... You know what I mean. No. Baby, you know what Rick Emerson mean. Um, I'm just saying it's so flawless. I think it's great. I really do. I think it's fantastic. Is it too slow? Like, no. should it be faster? I could speed it up. I mean, I have I have the technology. I could speed it up by, uh, you know, five, ten beats a minute probably, but I don't think you want to do that. I think it's gold. Um, I was like, what is it? Ed Woods? Oh, genius. Cut. Print. Um, I think it really is fantastic. So the, the backing vocals there are one Sarah Dillon. Now, just so you know, I really did endeavor to do the lead vocals myself. It's not like I purposely bombed it. I believe it or not, I was just incapable of singing uh, the song. It was just too vocally challenging for me. So Timmy Ryan, God bless him, uh, stepped up to the plate there. He made it happen. So then Sarah <laughs> went into the studio yesterday, and I noticed that you didn't even stick around to listen back. I came into the studio like you were just gone. Um, it was so terrible. It was embarrassing. No, no, no. It's great. No, it's- I just... I. You know how you think that something just it won't be as difficult as... I, I thought it would be easier than that. Okay, well, well, that's what you mean. I spent 90 minutes singing it uh, the other night in the studio. Just sitting just at one point... And it's a really strange song. Like, it's, it was really hard to find the notes and, like, try to match it up with somebody else's singing. Totally. And... Especially because Timmy Ryan is doing this... Not that I'm, like, some Segovia music guy to, to be criticizing, but he's he does some weird... Phrasing things too, where he he sort of pauses and he's sort of behind the and beat like sometimes. Speed it up a little. I'm and, like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, and he's and then occasionally he's getting his. Uh, where's that? Let's see with the. Uh... Which is more of the same. Right, I think right here. If you're not in the I think when he does the. If you're not for McCain. Right here. And if you want a new direction. <laughs> I mean, he's really feeling it. God. I was trying to, too. I'm like, all right, I've got to pretend like it's somebody that's completely stoked about this. <laughs> the, here's the great thing about that song. Subject line of this email, that rocks! Um, here's the great thing about it. And this, this is terrible. This Well, this is the thing we decided on this morning, is it makes my skin crawl, which I think is really good, because what we were really going for here is to... Uh, this may be too fine a point for, uh, you know, maybe some of the greater unwashed in the world to grasp. So, And we're going to find that out when we release it onto the Internet uh, later today. But our whole goal was to create sort of a parody of a parody. Like, I think we wanted to create a song that feasibly you could hear some uh, moronic DJ playing. And just really fully, like, just getting behind it. Uh, so, now the next step has got to be if we can delude some poor sap into playing it on his radio show. And I'm really thinking of offering a prize if anybody can get it on tape. Um, so uh, we'll put it on the website. Oh, that's definitely price worthy. Yeah, I mean, if you can get, uh, and do we still have ha- copies of Dan in real life? We give away. It's the feel great comedy of the year. It is. But you know what we're going to have as of next Thursday? We have, in fact, we. I mean, we're giving them away. We, they're not in house, as they say. They haven't arrived in the mail yet. But we're going to be giving away copies of the original Star Wars trilogy, uh, episodes four, five, and six. So we have the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. Multiple sets of that we're going to be giving away. So um, I think the goal is to see if we can get this song. On some other radio station, uh, where they sort of take it seriously, uh, and the if you and if you can get it on tape, I don't have to figure all the details on this, but I think if you can do that, and if you can get it on tape somehow, I think that's worth a uh, I think that's worth a collection of Star Wars movies right there. So all right, we'll talk more about it here. So in do just they a have year. to just do they have to be responsible for getting it on the radio and recording? Well, it? I think we would need proof. That's the thing. I don't wish to cast aspersions, but I mean, 
Yeah, you sent it to some nitwit. Uh, you know, maybe he plays it, maybe he doesn't. I mean, I think we would need to know. I do believe... Can you sweeten my mic ever so slightly? Thank you. I think we would need to have some sort of verification that the song did get played. And not necessarily because anybody even tried to swindle us, but you just... Look at me. Look how many things I tease and say we're going to do and promote, and then, like, they're never gotten to. So if you were to send this to some uh, some uh, kooky DJ somewhere, he might say, Hey, coming up later on, some own folks have taken their stab at writing a Barack Obama song. We'll get to that after the weather. That's <laughs> genius. But, but, but then it's like he might never even play it. Like, he might not get around to it. So I think we would need some sort of outside verification that we were able to somehow smuggle it onto another radio station uh, where some idiot took it seriously. So that's the whole that's the whole goal. Chris Paddock from KUFO came to my office uh, last night. And everybody else is doing real work. They're selling things. They're creating programming uh, matrixes. Or they're, you know, they're working on spreadsheets or whatever. And I'm in my office trying to sync up like Sarah's Barack Obama melody line to Timmy. And just oh, playing it over and over, one section of it back in my office. Just, that really is my life. And I had to clarify for Paddock, actually, that, that it was sort of a gag. I think he was under the impression that we were doing it seriously. And I oh, had who to, was? Chris Paddock. Oh. Because I said, no, no, I said, well, the next step is to try to get it on another radio station. He goes, what do you mean? And I had to take great pains to assure him that this was not our idea of high art. So, in any event. Uh, so we will uh, plunge on into that uh, later on today. Here's what else is coming up. Lisa Desjardins uh, will uh, join us today. Also seen a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum uh, from New York City, where I think uh, Barack Obama actually did just give uh, a speech about the economy. So we'll talk about that. Uh, FilmFeverRadio.com correspondent Scott Daly will be in the studio today. That movie 21 opens today. There, Kevin Spacey, uh, Kevin Spacey and Kate Bosworth. And I read the book on which that's based. And the book itself is kind of hit or miss, so I'm curious to see how the movie... That's the movie about the um, uh, the blackjack, uh, the card counters uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, the book entertaining, if not altogether believable. So I'll be curious to see how the movie came out. I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. That's right. From not this, today. Good so it is you. not next Friday, but the Friday after that. Yes, sir. Fantastic. I'm so excited. So you're going Friday. Wild, wild west, here I come. So when are you going Thursday night or Friday morning? Friday, um, like during the show. Excellent. So I think my flight leaves around like noon or one. And then you're back on Sunday? And then I'm back Monday morning. Now, do you now when you go to Vegas, what do you typically do? You don't gamble, do you? No, I wander around and drink freely in public and... Good for, you. Good for you. Seriously, if I pay Thank for it, will you get one of those drinks with like the strap around your if neck? If you pay for it, absolutely. Excellent. Good time. No, I just like, I just really like, you know me, I like traveling. I like being in new places. I like just people watching and I'm just going to get walking beers and wander it, and not watch all these people with their gambling problems. It is like the biggest, loudest mall on earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. It is like all of America distilled and then blown back up. Plus our hotel is like this little ghetto pool. And so we're going to be hanging out. Next Does it have a card on the bottom of it? I don't so know. Like a queen of hearts at the bottom and tile. Uh, Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com will join us in studio later today. Uh, Springsteen at the Rose Garden tonight. I'm not going because tickets were $125 each, and oh. I love the Boston Open. but F that. Not going to happen. So, uh, anyway, he will be counting down the top five Springsteen songs you don't hear on the radio. Taser Watch today. Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, this is Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification. A Texas man claims to be D.B. Cooper's brother, and he claims D.B. was shot to death a few years ago in Oklahoma. Well, Amanda officials have decided not to declare their city an illegal alien free zone. This after a councilman claims illegals don't share our moral values and they could be rapists and child molesters. An 11-year-old is tasered after punching a deputy in the nose. And tonight's 2020 features an interview with a pregnant Oregon man. And it'll attempt to answer the question on the minds of all mothers, is your baby gay?
<laughs> Heaven forbid. Not the gay. Not the Not gay. The gay. Uh, I almost started today's program, and then we, it was at the last moment replaced by the Barack Obama song. So I've been uh, watching these uh, these classroom, these propaganda films. Oh, yeah, from you the, gave me two of them. I got these at the Atomic Testing uh, Museum in Las Vegas. They had uh, C is for communist. Which I have here. And then the other one is um, it's all like atomic testing. A- and A-bombs, fallout, and nuclear war. Yes. And My weekend is all set. Oh, it's the fantastic. The one with the little, the little zany cartoon family. They look like weebles hiding in the basement. And then there's, you know, if you get fallout, just brush it off. Then give yourself a good scrubbing. Careful your hair doesn't fall out. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost started today uh, with another little propaganda piece uh, that I may play on Monday. It's um, from 1959, I believe, and it's called Boys Beware. And Boys Beware is Boys Beware is the story of a young lad named Jimmy who just wants a ride home from baseball practice. But when Jimmy meets an older man named Ralph... Is Ralph all he appears to be? Uh-oh. Or is Ralph sick? Uh, so we'll have that on Monday. All right, uh, Sarah Dillon joining us today. Your vest thing is kind of weirding me out today because it sort of looks like that Escher painting where the birds become oh the like the wallpaper or whatever or where the book the book leaves become birds or something. I see what you're saying. It's kind of freaking me out. It's okay. Oh. Looks good. I just it's kind of it kind of weirds me out when I look at it. Thanks. I'm, I'm experimenting with color today. No, no, no. It works. It's Hitchcockian. How was your evening? It was fun. I took it easy. I had a late night the night before. You know, it's my blank fest. Yes. Thing that we oh, and there was no loss last night. No, and no loss. So I actually had up uh, hanging up with my friend Lisa and Jay um, on our usual loss night, and then we watched this horrible yet amazing show called America's Best Dance Crew. No idea. It's on MTV. It was. I, I watched it for two and a half hours. Is this like a? Uh, it's hosted a team by of Mario Lopez. Well, that tells no, you. No, they weren't teams, Rick. They were crew. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Like the Rocksteady crew of old. It's very true. And so it was down to uh, two crews last night. Were they in their we B-boy them. stance? You would have thought it was pretty cool. It was actually really neat. Oh, I. You know, I got rid of cable. I was gonna say I was gonna write it, but you know, I got rid of cable. Yeah, and so they had like the face-off last night. And there's this one team that just wear all um, masks every time that they do it. So like, they're all of their bodies are covered, and they do all these really neat dance moves. I've never felt more white, but it was the coolest thing ever. Well, it's like that time that you and I judged that breakdancing contest. So that was. Scotty. Oh, no, we no, did. No, no, no. That was you and I. Just at Scotty the Grand and I, Cafe. Scotty and I were the judges at, at Portland Teen Idol. You and I judged a breakdancing Yeah, with all these people from, like, jamming and stuff, and then you and me. I don't even... Which is exactly how it was at the Portland Teen Idol thing, actually. Are we the go-to whenever they can't find a third jamming person? Oh, totally. Is that the deal? Well, we can't get anywhere from jamming. Talk to Rick. I don't even remember how it came about that you and I were judging the breakdancing contest, or whose idea it was. You know it was some long-gone AEs. Probably. All right. Uh, well, but I did, yeah, I did that, and then I got a good night's sleep because tonight's just Friday. I'm gonna go see my band, uh, my friends' uh, band play tonight. So. Uh, is that my new vice? It is my Those new vice. Guys are really good. They are, and they put out a great live show. They're fantastic. All right. Uh, I wonder what these phone calls could be about. Let's see here. Oh man, don't even. And then I'll talk about my last night here in just a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. What's up? Hi, Rick. It's Helen. How oh. are you? Hi, Helen. Long time no talk. How are I you? I know you're always so busy. How are, well, through. how are the goats, Helen? Well, you know, I think you're very psychic. I mean, really, you, uh, you joke around a lot, but I think that um, people should really listen to you because you told me, uh, well, uh, I was a goat lady, but I thought, well, what about the donkey? And then um, after um, Valentine's Day, two days later, or like Friday, maybe the next day, we figured something was wrong with the donkey, and um, he wouldn't retract. 
And he ended up, uh, he, I guess he had stones or something. Stones. So the next day on Saturday, we spent the whole day waiting for the doctor to come to put him to sleep. Oh. oh. And then this is my, the wrong call to begin the show with. But it's well, wrong. I'm so going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going. Are you going to replace I'll, him with a newer donkey? I mean, I know it's soon. No, I don't think so. But let me tell you. So anyway, so my husband was going to. He took a tractor and took him up to the top of the hill. Of course. And and then he was going to have the coyotes. Let the, let the coyotes have it. Well, we didn't hear anything <laughs> that night. So the next morning, he oh, he went weird. up there, and there were seven deer in a circle around him. Do you hear me? I do. I do. Helen. And they were honoring him. Anyway, so then, uh, so then, he, you know, uh, my husband buried him, and then uh, on Easter, my husband said, uh, uh, "Where are the binoculars? You need the binoculars." I didn't think about anything, and then he said, "Well, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this—that the donkey has risen." And what happened is, the crows and the vultures dug him up and were eating him and there was even a coyote up there and the crows were really flying around and the coyote would jump really high to get a crow i don't anyway that's a country thing but what i want to tell right. you is yes. i missed out on um on your uh birthday and uh, what day was it I, I uh it was it was march 7th helen march 7th okay well from way before I have presents for you and so i want to bring some presents to you on next wednesday please do so can I come and meet you, or do you want me just to drop them off? Yeah, no. We, if you want to come toward the uh, toward the end of the program, we'll uh, give you the we'll give you the five and a half cent tour. Five and a half cent tour, like what time we? I couldn't do it at one. Can I? Do I have to wait all? Well, I know you're a busy woman, Helen. I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your information. Let's do it toward the end of the show on Wednesday. We'll find a time that works. Well, not three minutes before, because you're going to want to open the presents on the air. Will I? Are they exciting? Of course. Do you, right. do you think I don't do a good job? No, 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 Helen. No one ever doubts you. All right, Richie. That's Helen on two. She talked to Helen. That whole thing about the donkey rising is unnerving me. Well, nature, that... nature is cruel, I suppose, and then occasionally glorious. As so when... she's talking about really how all the animals are feasting on our dead donkey. But before that, apparently they were honoring the donkey by standing around. I think, they honored the donkey. I think Helen ears. lives in a universe that is ever so slightly a scant. I want to meet her so much. Higher on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey Rick, it's Dominic from What's yesterday. Up? The oh. naming in the yes. I uh, yeah, I can see that. Some guy on the 20th has mentioned it on your website, and I posted up a picture and, and circled the date. So uh, yeah, some guy named G W I. So not me. Well, I don't understand. Oh, this UK. But we have a listener party uh, 11 coming up on May 15th. Yeah, you had he, called up and you had uh, come up with a name for it, and now you are conceding that someone else uh, you know, had the name before you. Right, I didn't see it before. So All right, you're okay. a bi you're a big man to admit that, sir. Hey, uh, yeah, that's what I do. All right, thank you. Uh, oh, oh, one other thing. Yeah. Did you guys ever uh, did you guys ever get to Trey Arrow's? Uh, Trey Arrow's greatest hits. No, what's funny is I have it written down today of all things, though I forgot about it for like a week, and then I have it written down today. Trey Arrow's quote music. So we'll try to get to it. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the one o'clock hour, sir. Oh, thank you very All right. much. Thank you. All right. Whole day starting off rather weird. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Mm -hmm. Hello. Hi, is that you? Uh, yes, it is. Hello. Excellent. Hey, Rick, um, last night I got two things for you, actually. Last night on How It's Made, they did How They Make Bacon. That's pretty fantastic. I thought you just had a pig and then you cooked it. No, no, it's 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 pork bellies. It's something fantastic. And it's the first time I've ever seen How Something's Made that made me want to go out and eat it. It was awesome. It was truly awesome. It was like bacon porn. Excellent. Uh, 
bacon porn. Thank you. Sorry. And one really quick. I heard you talking to Mr. Skin about the mom from uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Tammy Taylor. And he said that she had been in a movie called Malibu High, which was very difficult to get. Yes. You know what I'm going to say next. You have Malibu High. I have Malibu High. <laughs> God bless you, sir. <laughs> how is it? That, how is it that you have that? Dude, I can't answer that question. You uh, don't know. You know, it's just you know, in the stack. Reveal you know. your sources. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, bottom line is that it's unfortunately in real media format. Great, wonderful. However. However, I can get a copy to you. Okay, if you you know if you send it to me in real media, I'll find a way to play it. You know how guys are. Yes. There's, uh, there's there's boobs involved at some point. We will find uh, we'll find a way, sir. Yes, and uh, I will go ahead and and work on getting that toward you. But Please, uh, but uh, yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye Thanks. now. All right. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. What's going on, Rick? Hey. Yeah, I was gonna call to um. Yeah, tell you about that awesome band that's playing tonight, kind of in our neighborhood. Uh, <clears throat> my new vice, you played their song on their show once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, they're going to be at, uh, what, O'Malley's O'Malley. at 9. Yeah, well, if you show up there, I got some Harvey Dent buttons for you. Really? From the campaign. Now, which uh, which uh, campaign stop did you go to? Omzi. Because there was the one at, where there was the one downtown, and then they did one at Omzi. Was there three? Yeah, I had to wait till um, after work to go. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that would be uh, fantastic. I don't know if I'm going to be there or not, because this is the other thing we have to get to, because I have the second half of my dental work tonight, uh-huh. uh, and it's not until 6, so I don't really know if by 9 o'clock I'm going to want to be so in a place get, where there's pounding music. What dentist office are you going to where you're getting dental work done at 6 p.m.? Well, 6 p.m. isn't that late. I mean, business hours are 5 or 5.30, and they got to figure... That's going to be one tired dentist. <laughs> You're less patient of day. I can barely keep eyes open. Well, I'm also giving buttons to Court and Fat Boys, so I'll, I'll give them one right. for you. Thank you. I would appreciate that, and, sir. And uh, you also played the... You know, the My New Vice song for my kid when I lost them a while back. Yes, yes, we did, in fact. So, um, and it, thank you for the tree, by the way. Oh, yeah, how's that doing? It is, it's blooming, uh, it's like, you know, it's got leaf blooms, whatever, leaves? <laughs> is that what trees have? Yes, yeah, they have It's on the windowsill of my house, it's got leaves, so. Cool, man, I'll have to check one out. I'll drop in that button for you. All right, thank you, sir. Or I'll give it to Sarah for you. Thank you. Cool. All Bye. Right. All right. Yeah, so I've got the second half of my dental work uh, tonight, so I went to... Jesus, when was it? Monday? So I had the uh, appointment on Monday. Oh, yeah, after you have no sleep from getting back from Vegas. Yeah, after he inspected me and, you know, gave me the cleaning across my teeth. And then he's, you have five cavities. Come back Friday. And so I will. So I'm going back tonight at 6 o'clock. And you're right. It is going to be the end of a long day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You need to make your appointments in the morning. You have final patient. I've seen double by now. Yeah, I'm not thinking that's probably the smartest decision <laughs> you've ever made. Yeah. Well, I can't. But the thing is, if I cancel my appointment, they're gonna they're gonna ding me, aren't they? Yeah. How much? It's less than twenty four hours. If I cancel the day, somewhere forty eight. Let me ask you this, Tim. You have insurance. You have insurance. You you take care of yourself. Um, if I were to cancel, but the thing is, when 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 could I do it though? Because I work at, uh, as Ricky Roma says in Glengarry Glen. I work. Yes, I work here. If I, I can't. Offices open up at eight o'clock in the morning. But I can't go in the morning because sure you can. I, I have do all the time. As you will know. As you will know. If, but I haven't had, let's back up. I haven't had a, a, a filling, a cavity filled, since I was about six or seven years old. So I don't remember uh, if it puts your mouth out of commission. If you have a filling... Well, yes, because they have to numb that area. But I mean, in other words, it, would I be able to come in and do the show? I do it all the time. Yes, I understand, but you have more fortitude than I do, Tim. I guess my point is, if I am typically working... From let's say nine in the morning till 
3, 4 in the afternoon, aren't I always going to have to go at the end of the day? I mean, I guess I could go on a weekend. If they're open weekends, very few are. Yeah, see, so... It, it, Most dentists only work like three or four days a week. So I don't think I have any choice. I mean, I guess I could go at eight in the morning, but first of all, yeah. I don't need, how long does it take to get five cavities filled? Oh, gee, that's going to take a while if you're having them all done at once. Well, I would think I'm having them all done at once. You, you didn't really you tell me. Cavities five. I think. Well, they're going to really have to work fast. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> so he's going to be tired and rushed. I mean, usually it takes like a uh, half an hour for one. Oh, God. See, now you've... Well... Uh, well, then how is that even possible that he's going to do that tonight? I don't you don't want to be at 82nd too late tonight. <laughs> your, your dentist has some incredible claims. <laughs> to have them all done in one sitting. I mean, they're going to have to numb up like half your body. That's great. You're not going to be talking for days. He doesn't, he doesn't actually... He doesn't actually even go for the filling. I just I spray filling in the whole mouth. You just stand still. I cover all teeth. I've never heard of five being done in one sitting, but if your dentist says he can do it, he can do it. Well, to be fair, he didn't really say how many he was going to be doing today. To be fair, he never really told me how many cavities I had. He just told me to came. He just told me to come back. Well, you have you have you have doubts about my dentist, don't you? They're supposed to give you a printout <laughs> oh, with no. an estimate of the work before. No, that didn't happen. Okay, Rick. this is wrong. <laughs> Should I be canceling? Yes. Yes. Okay, but but they're going to charge you. But this whole process seems to be very wrong. To me. <laughs> like everything about your like I haven't been to the dentist in a long time, and everything sounds wrong. I haven't gone yeah. to the dentist in so long. I no longer know what's right. I have no moral compass. They're going to charge you though. But okay, but that was my question. They're going to ding you. Oh, but, Mike, it, which, and I'm okay with that because I understand that's the, that's the way it works. Uh, but if I cancel my whatever was supposed to be happening tonight, if I cancel my uh, my marathon man session tonight, how much do you imagine? Like, what, are they going to... That's a good question. What I've is the formula by which they charge you? Whatever they feel like doing. But, I mean, in other words, they don't charge you for what the whole visit would have been because they don't know what the whole... Because I haven't gone. They don't Correct. know what the whole visit was going to be. Well, they, did they take x-rays? Yes. Okay. Is it a flat cancellation fee? It must be. I, or is it like a percentage of what I would have been paying today? You, you got me on that. You filled me full of doubts and dread and fear and hate. Well, it is. For one thing, they didn't give you a printout with no. an estimate saying how much this is going to cost. No, you. no, they didn't. Are they supposed to? Yes. I mean, if you're going in to get, you know, a whole bunch of met. I'm sorry, Tim. I know then. I disappoint you. Well, no. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to steer you in the right direction. No, I appreciate it. I'm already a total train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to salvage something out of this. It appears to be the What do I need done? You don't talk back. Just close close eyes, open mouth. No, oh my God. No ask questions. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone with you the first time. Oh, by the way. Um, Tim is our, the token well, grown up. Lest anybody wonder why, oh I'm, why, I'm, why I'm speaking this way, Richie put this voice into all of our heads this morning. Oh, God. I have to describe what. Do you have that posted, picture posted? It's our um, MySpace picture. Is that uh, MySpace.com slash Rick Emerson Show? The Rick Emerson the Rick, Show. Okay, so go to MySpace.com slash The Rick Emerson Show. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a photo of Richie. Uh, by the way, Richie, who is Azen uh, by extraction, um, I don't know what the hats are called, but it's, you know, the hat that looks like um, maybe a symbol from a drum set if it were to melt a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, is it. Like a little pointy hat. But what is it called? There's got to be a name for that kind of hat. It's what they they uh, it's a sunbonnet of sorts. Yeah, but it's you know, but it's the Asian. It's the typical. It's like a, the typical Asian like straw hat. hat. Yeah, it's like an Asian it's gardening Asian hat. Fedora. <laughs> yes, exactly what it is. So I walk in today, and Richie has got the Asian sun hat on, and the fir- the first words, the first word I've heard about. Hello, 
honorable sir. How are you? And I just, I just lost it. And then, and he I, keeps talking like that. It's I, so embarrassing. I, I, Chris Paddock and I, Chris, and he was in the office upstairs doing it. Chris Paddock and I walk by Dave Zinn's desk, and Paddock didn't know. We walk by, and Paddock does the double take. Because there's really not what you're expecting. You're not really expecting an Asian man and the Asian son had to be up there. And then Richie looks over and goes, Hello, you want railroad? And I mean, there was just, I had to leave. It makes you feel so guilty. <laughs> well, he's honoring his native land. It is true. Not unlike the dentist who dishonors himself with every step of deceit. So I, I don't know how to unravel this mess. <laughs> That's, uh... All right. Well, let's take a couple phone calls, shall we? I or Rick Emerson show. Hey, good afternoon. Hi. Um, doctor's appointments me call and cancel is usually a flat save of about twenty-five to thirty dollars. Oh, that's worth it for my peace of mind, yeah. I would think. And then I had one other comment. Yeah. Your previous caller, Helen. Yeah. The um, the Jesus donkey. Yeah. Did it not at all worry you after about animals disemboweling her donkey, then she kicks off with, I have a present for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say pieces of donkey, but I did not want to offend anybody. But Hel- Helen's cut was, from By a... the way, I have pieces of my donkey for you guys. Helen is, Helen's uh, cut from a, um, Helen's cut from a different cloth. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. I don't know. All right. Well, I think I'll be canceling my gentle appointment. Because here's the thing. Okay, Sarah, he's out of the room. Can we know, do, I'm no, even wait, smarter than that. I know. You shut up. I'm sorry. That is the stupidest thing ever. You're going to go to a dentist why on you whis- Why are you whispering? I don't know. I was going to whisper about go- Tim. Okay, well, I'm just saying, you're going to a dentist office on 82nd at 6 o'clock at night when you have to get five cavities filled? Well, that just seems see, like the first two decision. things don't bother me. Because, look, it's businesses are on 82nd. What can you do? And... I do understand that their business, that the average workday is nine to five. So I'm not even really weirded out so that they would be open after late. After hours, that's that's the after mistake. hours dentist. You come in with office closed. I give you special treatment. You come in back door. We have to quit. We have to stop this. Okay, stop. <laughs> what are we going to whisper about? What are we going to whisper? Railroad. Um, no, I was just going to say that. It's a lot better than us. No, I was just going to say, but don't you, in terms of, let me ask you this. Uh, we're really behind. We should probably just go from this to Lisa. Um, but um, it, it, let's we'll go roll through this. We'll talk to Lisa. We'll break early. We'll come back to Steve. Let me just say this though. Even like sometimes uh, Tim tries to explain things to us as though we were children, which we are. Like mm-hmm. he'll try to explain, you know, like a four hundred one k. You know, like me and where you can get glasses. Where you can get glasses or something. And sometimes you really want him to explain it, right? Like you're like Tim. I don't understand stagflation. Please explain stagflation to me. Please explain the economy. And you really want to know. Other times, you realize that like you're not going to figure it out. So, basically, the shorthand of that is you just judge how to act by his reaction to something. Mm-hmm. In other words, I didn't need for him to sit and explain the whole dental thing. I just laid out the way my dentist wanted me to proceed, and Tim just went, no, 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 no. He just sort of he shook his head. He goes, this all sounds wrong, and that's enough. Like, I don't have to hear the, yep. as they say, I don't have to see the math. I just jumped to the bottom of the page where Tim said, Tim Riley feels bad about this. And I went, okay, good enough. That should be good enough, definitely. Yeah, that's like a source's point to know. So you're going to cancel? Are you going to do a break? I'm hella canceling. Okay. I'm going to full-on cancel. I couldn't cancel more if I was the mayor of Cancelton. All right, let's uh, go to Lisa Dager from the Hill. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Oh, you know, this and that, up and down, back and forth. 
I don't even know what that answer means. I'm just, it's a bit of a, I'm having a bit of a day. It sounds like it. Jeez. Hey, hey, do you want to hear our new piece of uh, our new piece of art that we've created? Yes. All right. So uh, first, I have before I play this for you, I have to tell you uh, that this is sort of a Don and Mike kind of a thing. It's sort of a thing inside a thing. Yes. Uh, this is a parody of a parody. So our goal was, and our goal now is, by the way, should you hear this around anywhere, our goal is to see if we can get this next thing that I'm going to play you. If we can get it played by some uh, jackhole DJ who thinks it's real. Um, okay. So we created this whole cloth. Uh, m the listeners and myself wrote the lyrics. And then a guy named Tim Ryan who works here and then our own Sarah X. Dillon are the vocalists. Um, so this is going to be one of those things where you do have to tell me if you can. Yep. Okay. All right. You can hear that. I just hit the dump button by mistake. <laughs> For people who are wondering, I just hit the dump button by mistake. I wasn't really dumping anything. My whole body is falling apart today. All right. So I am going to play you a little bit of this. This is uh, something created by the Rick Emerson Show to be pawned off on gullible radio stations. All right. Without further ado, here you go. I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. With lifetime politicians only out for a buck and then at home one evening reading craigslist online and in the personal section you know this pose caught my eye if you like barack obama versus more of the same if you're not into clinton if you're not for McCain, <laughs> but if you want a new direction, and you're tired of the games, vote with me for Obama, and be an agent of change. <laughs> All right, so that's, I won't, I won't make you suffer through the... the great touch. What's that? The agent of change. That was my wife, actually. She came up with that. I, uh, it, I won't make you listen to the rest of it, but, um, so there you go. Yeah. I think you could, uh, you know, you just need the YouTube video now. See, that's what we were saying. We need a slideshow where it's just yeah. a lot of him looking, you know, just looking golden as he yeah, does. Yeah, Lots yeah, thumbs up signs. So the goal now is to see if we can find a DJ somewhere who will take it seriously as like a real pro Obama song and if we can fool somebody into playing it. Yeah, I, I think that it's very possible. We're never so happy as when we're pointing out the shortcomings of others. What? I don't know how that starts, but I think if someone heard that, uh, many a DJ out there... We say, hey, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> listen to this kooky song. Exactly. Yeah, I know how radio guys think. But I will say, my favorite uh, strange, and I, I hope to goodness this is real, I think it is, uh, there's a, a YouTube posting for, I think it's called the McCain Girls, who actually see three women that sing. There's no, I don't think there's backing vocals. Oh, oh, I've seen yeah. that. Yes, with the Weather Girls. I've seen it. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible. And it's real. That's totally real. Yes, I think it has to be. Those women are not in the demographic of irony. No, no, but it's just fantastic. The it's raining men about John McCain. It's yeah. incredible. No, it's it's and by incredible you mean toe curling or yeah. whatever. What's that? Skin curling? It's not skin curling. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I practice skin curling at home. Uh, in any event, no, I've seen the one you're talking about where it's really, it's, and it's like, it's like your mom when she's not busy baking cookies oh, for a church social. 
I love it. I love yeah. it. And, I, you know, I can't say I found it myself. I, uh, You know, John McCain's daughter has a blog, and she put it up there. So it kind of the, the campaign, in a way, is sort of putting that out there. But... Uh, they just she just stumbled on it. It seems like. Did you see this um uh, the story uh, today? And I didn't really get a chance to do more than browse it. But it said that, and it's another one of those polls that you wonder if it just if they're just making crap up to have stories. But they say that quote uh, voters in Pennsylvania feel neglected ahead of primary. No, I have not. It was on Yahoo News today, and I, to be fair, I have not read more than like the headline and the first couple sentences. But um, but anyway, but I, but I mean, Obama's actually in Pennsylvania today, isn't he? Yes, that's right. He's beginning sort of his big Pennsylvania trip. He's got six days planned, and in fact, at this minute, we've got uh, Senator Bob Casey of Pennsylvania. He's at a podium where it says, "Change we can believe in." Bob Casey just endorsing Barack Obama, which is a big deal because. The major Democratic endorsements so far in that state have gone to Hillary. That includes the governor, Ed Rendell, and then the mayors of Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Of course, the mayor of Pittsburgh is like 12 years old, but um, the mayor of Philadelphia, and he, but he does have influence. He's very well regarded. He's, he's, he's young. He's not 12. I think he's in his 20s. Can I ask you a question? Yes. And this is just your speculation as a journalist. Um, and I mean this sincerely. Um, what could happen... I, how do I want to put this? What would make Hillary quit at this point? I mean, what is it? And I'm not trying to be, uh, this is really a nonpartisan question. I really am just, literally, right. what is it going to take for Hillary to quit? If she was blown out of the water in Pennsylvania. Assuming that doesn't happen because she does seem to have the edge there. Right. So assuming she does well in Pennsylvania, if she loses in Indiana and in uh, North Carolina, and if she loses Indiana by a lot, she may have to think about it if she loses both of those. She may have to think about it, but I, I don't see her pulling out. Then after that, uh, essentially Kentucky and Oregon, I think, if she loses, if she loses those four in a row, she's going to have to think about it. Of course, Puerto Rico is right after that, but I, I think that at, at that point she's going to have to think about it if she loses those four, Indiana, North Carolina. So you think it'll take actually a a four state loss? She has to be she has to be shut in on all four to lose to, to think about getting out. Yes, and even if she loses all four, she still may stay in because the truth is her campaign, there's a point where you, you can see very clearly uh, something that I look at as spin, you can see a campaign believing it as true. So they, you know, and so they would say, I'm, I'm the one who's wrong. But right now it seems to me that that's happening with their campaign where the Hillary Clinton campaign is saying this is a virtual tie. And they really believe it. They really see it that way. And I, I understand that argument. I'm not completely dis, I'm not dismissing it, but you know, clearly Barack Obama is ahead in the number of delegates, but he isn't ahead by a huge amount. So they're saying it's a tie, and they really believe it themselves. So even if they fall a little bit further behind, I, I could see them mentally remaining convinced that it's a virtual tie without these super delegates. But but I do think if they lose those four states in a row, there will be more calls for her to get out. Right today, we heard Patrick Leahy of Vermont uh, just saying straightforward, Hillary, you got to drop out. You don't have a chance of winning. Now he already has endorsed Barack Obama, so he's clearly biased. But to have such a uh, well-known leader of the party sort of blatantly call her out and say you got to you got to get out is is a first. And I I think if she loses those four states that we were just talking about there's going to be more and more and more pressure. Well, I think Howard Dean actually also said, like, it's got to be settled by July 1st. Well, he wants it to be settled by July 1st. He, it's got to be settled for July 1st for him. If not, it's it's a disaster for him. But if it is settled in June, then it's 
everything's going to be okay. You can figure out Michigan and Florida. You get them seated. They'll all vote for the same guy or girl, you know, but uh, he he needs it to happen in June. So he can say, well, we have to have this finished in June. But the truth is, you know, he... You know, he, he's like an uncle trying to tell the kids what to do. He doesn't. He, he really doesn't necessarily have that power. That was going to be my question. Is he sort of says that he he saber rattles, as they say, but really when push comes to shove, that's there's nothing he can do about it because it does seem like it is just this the Godzilla versus Mothra thing uh, happening, where the two of them are just yeah. locked in it and they just don't see anybody else. I mean, right? That that's it. They or just the play, remember the turtle with the fangs. Have you ever seen that one? Gamera. Yes. Oh, I know. I know my Gamera. I see. I'm just new to this whole genre. Gamera versus Zegra, my personal favorite, but that's just me. I like Gamera. Anyway, um, yes, that that same idea. Unless, of course, it gets so bad that it it doesn't look like anything's going to be resolved. They they'll probably get that sense beginning of June how bad it is. In that case, it's possible that the Democratic Rules Committee could get together and come up with some sort of forced solution. For example, this superdelegate primary that the Tennessee governor is talking about. Let's get everybody together for two days, cast your votes, folks, and we'll know where you are, which is actually a strange idea in a way because that used to be called a convention. You know, <laughs> right. But now instead, because they want the convention to be a big dog and pony show, like no one's even pretending anymore. Everyone's like, yeah, the, the convention's not supposed to mean anything. That's a horrible life. Right. You know, so, so this primary delegate, uh, I'm sorry, but the delegate primary, the super delegate primary. It's possible Dean could force something like that to, to mandate a solution, but outside of that, he, he really can't force the candidates to step down. Other people perhaps could, but but probably not Howard Dean. And, and the final thing, that I, the, the, that I, and this is not, I won't say it's a conspiracy theory, but it's a thing that of all, I think I saw the, the New York Times actually run some editorial. I forget who it was. I think somebody in the New York Times... I don't think it was Maureen Dowd. It was somebody or other had written some column where they were sort of floating the notion that Hillary's, uh, as they put it, uh, what did she call it, the, uh, the the audacity of nihilism or the audacity of hopelessness or something. Where they, anyway, they were saying that they would not be surprised if Hillary's whole thing was to to uh, wound Barack Obama enough that McCain gets it so she can run in 2012 against McCain. Well, there are Hillary Clinton supporters that like that idea and 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 aren't aren't fooled around with it and probably the same there probably some very smart Barack Obama people that see that as a possibility too if he didn't get the nomination uh you know who knows who knows what her her top folks are doing it's a, it's sort of a common it's almost like at that level of political strategy, yeah, sure. Ah, it's all very exciting. People are some people are going to think that do they really mean it? Uh, I don't know. I I I doubt it. I'm going to choose to believe that they do. I knew that you would. As always, I will choose to believe the worst. No, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> um, uh, big plans for your weekend? Uh, we have big plans for the weekend. The Kite Festival tomorrow in Washington. Wow. I'm very excited. You, it, I really do have to say, there are times when I, it's, what is that thing they say about uh, boys are made of puppy dog tails and snakes and hate or whatever? Uh, and really there are times that it's like you and Jason are just made out of sunshine and rainbows and baskets <laughs> full of bunnies. A kite festival. It's fed. That I've, really is great. So and we're bringing our, our our friend who has like the two little boys of with course. us, and they're gonna they're just gonna go at it. Are you gonna go to the, gonna go to the ice cream social and the fishing crick after that? <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, a pleasure. We will talk to you next week, Lisa. <laughs> Have a great weekend. There you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic, wonderful. The kite festival. All that right. Adorable. Uh, let's see here. Well, the the general. Okay, so here we're going. Subject line: Real dentist. Uh, Rick, please go to a real dentist. Please, please, we value your mouth. 
All right, thank you. Uh, let's see here. Um, we've got this. Rick, um, please go. To, please go to this. And now everybody's sending me like their dentist, but um, everybody's sending me a suggestion about about their own dentist. This one says, uh, "Did you sign a form agreeing to pay anything if you canceled? Probably. If not, you shouldn't have to pay anything. I work in a medical office." Uh, if a client doesn't sign a thing consenting to pay a late fee, which I think I did actually, I think I think I signed a thing saying yeah, like, I think you, you, you I think you have to send a thing saying I'll give you 24 hours notice. Uh, so see, uh, run away from this odd dentist. I think at this point it might be worth my peace of mind because because here's the thing, I'm not saying anything bad would happen. Well, it's but, just a big waste of a Friday night too. And also, but I'm just saying if something did happen. There would be a whole lot of, well, we spent all morning warning you. We did. like You know what I mean? Like, every, the, everybody would say, well, look, you did get 700 listeners and Tim and Sarah all telling you not to, and yet you did anyway. So at this point, I almost feel like I have That's to. That's true. If something bad happened, nobody would feel <laughs> There's no sympathy. So I almost feel like I, uh, like I have to sort of avoid it. Higher on the Rick Emerson radio program. It's you. Hello. I'm looking into your soul. I don't hear anybody. Hello. Are you there? I don't think there's anybody. All right. Well, somebody wanted to talk about Howard Stern. Well, uh-huh. you've lost your chance, sir. All right. Uh, uh, so we got what? So we shouldn't break here, or should we? How long is the break? We well, got time to break? No, let's just wait. Well, because we have Steve in three minutes. Oh, that's true. All right. Uh, well, Who's I got this. Sorry. I got this thing about ants that scream at you. Uh, let's see. Oh, is dude. it true? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it is. Apparently. So here's the. But, uh, I just got to say this. So, um, so I'm a. Uh, 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 I'm at home. Jesus, I gotta calm down now. It's a whole confluence of things. So we spent all day yesterday talking about horrific spiders and bugs and scary and blue things. And people, because my wife had gone to that what's that bug dot com, and people are sending us pictures of centipedes and mm-hmm. scorpions and things that eat your eyeballs and whatever. So <clears throat> on Wednesday night, I had watched about half of the mist on in black and white. And by the way, just and I understand that you don't wish to see it again, and I really do understand that. I'm saying for other people, if you want to watch the mist again or if you haven't seen it. Uh, either rent or buy the the director's cut. Don't. Uh, I mean, they're, they're they're both good, but uh, but get the director's cut so you can watch it in black and white. Because Frank Darabont initially wanted to release it in black and white, and the studio's like, look, it's already the most depressing movie ever. It's already horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's already got the worst ending in history. I mean, depression wise, you can't do it in black and white. Please, please don't. We can't do it in black and white because that'll just make it too much. And let me just tell you, it is too much. Um, so I watched The Mist. I finished it last night. I finished the last half of The Mist in black and white. And so let me just prep for this. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but I don't think it's a big uh, shocker because the, the story is 30 years old. The story's been out there for 30 years. Uh, the movie's about a year old. Uh, the radio play was pretty famous a few years ago. So it's not a big shocker to say that um, there are uh, creatures in The Mist. We'll just put it that way. Mm. The Mist has some creatures in it that are unpleasant to look at and that, uh, you know, are bad. Kind of pop out of nowhere. And, and they're bad, yeah. The crap out of you. So, here, so you remember the sequence in the pharmacy where they go over to the pharmacy and there's all these... No, uh, no. Have you <laughs> forgotten, Sarah? Uh, and so there's this where all of these, uh, the creatures are sort of, you know, from coming out of the woodwork. So I'm sitting there last night and I'm just sort of, and I had my cell phone. Oh, I don't like to rethink this. I just remember the guy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm sitting there on the couch with Max. You know, so Max is not the one. I'm sitting on the couch with Max and I have my cell phone sitting on my chest. And I'm just sort of, you know, watching the mist. I'm like, well, this is horrible. Well, I'm being soul raped. Well, great. Wonderful. And right... Why do you do this to yourself? Because it's such a great film, and I feel like i got to support Frank Darabont because the movie... Because none of his Why movies... do you want to support Frank Darabont? He hates you. He I hates know. everybody. I know. 
I feel bad because his movies are all brilliant, but none of them make any money. Shawshank Redemption, box office failure. Mist, box office failure. Green Mile, box office failure, I think. So uh, so I'm, I'm watching The Mist, and then they're in the pharmacy sequence, and it all starts to go bad, as they say. And right as some of the creatures are sort of, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like somebody sends me a text, and my phone vibrates on my chest. And I literally, I was all, ah! And I just like Max jumped off, ran across the room. I mean, it, and my I, I was still jangled about 25 minutes later. I mean, because it's such a tense, horrible scene, and my cell phone vibrates a lot. It's got a really strong vibration, mm-hmm. and it would like a ring would have been okay. But it was sitting up, and I'd forgotten my cell phone was sitting on my chest. I was just sort of sitting. It was just sitting on me, and then it went and just and vibrated against me. I about. Uh, I about had a stroke. And about 20 minutes later, I was still like, huh, huh. you just didn't strike. Did you really scream? Okay. I did. I went, ah! <laughs> because, I mean, because you're so ratcheted up watching that film and all the, you know, things are coming out. And then to feel something suddenly vibrating, like, against your body, you're just, you know, I, it, I'm not ashamed Poor of it. It Matt. scared the freaking <laughs> hell out of me. And about 20 minutes later, I was still, my nerves are still a little jangled. I don't think I was calm, totally calm for the rest of the evening. I mean, well, that movie just gets in your head. I wasn't completely b- b- built back up mentally for a few days after that yeah. movie. Oh yeah, Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, so there you go. Uh, oh, but anyway, so let's just to be done here. So, so that, but that also came on the heels of a whole day talking about real, live, scary, horrible insect creatures. Mm-hmm. The ones that look exactly like the yes. things in the mist. Oh God! And can I? I almost want to talk more about it, but I know a lot of people haven't seen The Mist, so I don't want to ruin it, but anyway. Well, I mean, I think I've, I've seen previews oh. of it ah. on the TV, and they show the things. Really? They show them, and, and like, by The Mist today, and it shows, like, okay, I well, think it shows that thing. Well, tune out for about 30 seconds if you don't want to hear me say something specific about The Mist. This is your warning. Not going to be long. Turn down the radio for, like, 30 seconds. But the one that that I just can't get past is there's that spider that basically has the human skull for a face. Yeah. And I mean that's that's that is straight my, out of hell. That thing is straight no, out of hell. No, when the guy falls apart. Oh, that's that's no. That is either. the worst. Yeah. The coolest thing oh, was the yeah. end. That big. Yeah. The art direction. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's one of the neatest things I have ever seen but, in cinema. Oh, it's beautiful in a horrible way. But even like the little creatures, they it's amazingly well done. Like mm-hmm. I admire people who can do, like who can think that crap up. I mean. You know, you know what's like that is Doom Three, the video game, and I know that it's just a video game. But you ask anybody who has played Doom Three, which is a first-person shooter, that game is—it's like playing The Mist. I mean, it's—I it, don't need that in my. Oh, head. dude, uh, Lara laughed at me because I would sit in the living room playing Doom Three, and I would have to take it off, and I pace around the house. She go, and I go, I, I go, I can't. It's too scary. I gotta quit. <laughs> and she would laugh at me. She's like, it's just a video game. Quit being a pussy. And I'm like, all right, fine. And so one time, I sat her in front of the TV. And I put the headphones on her, and I gave her the controller, and I said, play it for like two minutes. And it was in like this, and it's a first-person shooter, so it's first-person perspective. You're walking through uh, like underneath a factory, and so it's like these these catacombs carved out of the dirt. Mm -hmm. And you're wandering around in these underground dirt tunnels, and it's, you know, it's claustrophobic, and there's spider webs, and there's all this like noise happening in the background. There's flickering lights, and all of a sudden, just these massive spiders with human faces start running at you. 
And at that point, she, like, threw down. She's like, F this. And she, like, threw down the controller and left. I'm like, that's it. I mean, I know that it's my choice to play it, but mm-hmm. it gets in your head. It really does. I think too much of any kind of thing like that is yeah. too much. Even, like, with Six Feet Under, because oh. I've been powering through Six Feet Under, I had to take a couple days. I had to take a break yeah. because seeing all of that death and totally. like, the entire show, you know, just basically about death and just, like, episode after episode, like, I haven't watched it for a few days because I need to You know what didn't have that effect on me was Dexter because it's just so light and frothy. No, yeah, not at just, all. Because it's fun death. It's death, but it's, it's happy death. It's jubilant. Um, so, anyway. <sighs> My friend Lisa is just uh, going through her and her boyfriend are uh, watching the first season on DVD of Dexter, and I almost gave away who the bread truck killer oh! was because I saw some a you person on TV, and uh, I'm like, oh, that person hey! looks exactly like the... Yeah. I'm like, oh, Don't... I had to stop myself. All right, let's do a couple of these here, uh, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Uh, got a question and comment. Uh, I'm curious about the myths, because I went to Blockbuster, yeah. only intending to rent it. Yeah. Walked around the store for about 20 minutes, put it back, walked out with, like, the last disc of Season 2 of Arrested Development. Uh, just wondering about, uh, is there is there violence towards children? Because that's, that's really sort of what I can't, uh, I well, can't handle. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I will say this. This is how the, this is how the rating describes that movie. Uh, that there are children in peril. That's uh, that's how the ratings board describes it. I see. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, I was going to say, uh, on the blooper reel at the end of season two of Arrested Development, there's a, a great scene where David Cross just goes off on a tirade about the, uh, you know, how, how the people can't march at the show. Yeah, yeah. Problems. Uh, I was thinking that would be a, a great show opener if you could. Uh, that's a great idea. There where there's anything left. That's a really good idea. Okay, excellent. Well done. I have that at home, too. Right on, man. Right. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. All right, there you Which go. Which one? I'm sorry. It's it's an outtake from Arrested Development, and it's not as Tobias. I think it's David Cross as himself bitching about how oh, Fox can't, out? can't market the show. I love that. We should start the program with that sometime. Yeah, it really needs to be heavily uh, bleeped. All right, uh, let's do one more call, then we'll break. I don't think we have. Hey, Richie, if Steve calls at this point, it's just we're gonna have to move on. So uh, he's kind of late calling. Sorry, yeah, it was confirmed. So uh, you know, yeah, we're gonna have to move on. So if he calls, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do him next week. So apologize to Steve. We will not be able to get to him at this point. Uh, final call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, how are you? What's up? Um, yesterday I had the guy call about the Saw and the Craigslist phone calls and stuff. Yeah. Um, I had a similar, well, a phone solicitor called me, and uh, usually I'm really nice to the people because, you know, everybody's got to make a living, and I wait for a break to say goodbye and no thank you. Well, I was on this medical treatment. It was like, you know, kind of like chemotherapy, so I really wasn't in a very good mood. <laughs> you were you know? not feeling peppy. No. Right. And so the guy is trying to sell me some windows or something, and I'm like, no, thank you. You know, I got storms. And he, and he kept going. I'm like, dude, what part of no don't you understand? He's like, well, you didn't say no. You said you didn't have didn't want windows. We also have aluminum siding. And blah. I'm like, <laughs> and so I just lost it and started cursing the guy out, you know screaming at him and asking him for his boss's name, you know, and he's like, why do you want my boss's name? I'm like, well, I want to make sure you get this commission, you know? <laughs> and so finally he gives it, you know, so I try to call back. Well, I check, you know, I I don't have two lines. I just like it. It goes right to voicemail if I'm on the phone. Right. And so, and then I check my messages a little while later. I'm going to kill you. I know where you live. Okay. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I call the company. <laughs> And he's like, well, I get his boss. He's like, well, don't worry about it. He uh, no longer works here, and we're located in Sacramento. And I'm like, yeah, but now he has all this free time to drive up to my house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I called the uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Oh, yeah, he, it's not no. every day. 
no. got some guy calling and he's going to skin you alive. And... Uh, let me refer you to Sarah's friend who has a trunk full of guns, sir. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Jesus. Well, uh, aim for the head. Okay, best show ever. Thank you. All right. Jesus. Oh, by the way, a little final note here. We'll take a break. Final note. Apparently in uh, The Mist, the pharmacy uh, is named, I don't know if it's Steve's or King's or whatever, but apparently the pharmacy is named after Stephen King because he was, you know, he's a former junkie and also evil. So there you go. And we're done. <laughs> Let's not talk about The Mist anymore. Never, didn't we make this vow a couple months ago when it was so. in theaters? No more Mist. All right. Coming up here in dispute, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Willamina officials have decided not to declare their town a legal alien free zone. The city council voted yesterday to reject an ordinance proposed by Councilman Paul Delaney that would authorize deputies to demand proof of U.S. citizenship for anyone within city limits. How is that possible? Uh, those lacking such proof would be reported to federal immigration authorities, and they would rush down to Willamina. Wait, let me in. Really, as the authorities are always doing. No, no, no. Get to Willamina. Because uh, this fellow named Delaney claimed that people who live in the U.S. illegally don't have our moral values and... Really? ...could be rapists and child molesters, and U.S. citizens would never that be... That never happens adults. here. Not at all. So uh, apparently they, uh, they weren't sold on the idea that immigration authorities would rush to Willamina to pick up these illegal aliens who could not prove their U.S. citizenship. And they really had the great idea that everybody in the town of Willamina would just have to show their papers. Mm -hmm. There you go. That is the most American of values. So anyway, I lived there for a while. Willamina? Yeah. I don't even know where that is. It is a logging town. It's on the way to uh, Spearbout Casino. I'm really trying to picture you living in a logging town, and I just had to file not found. <laughs> That's I, a broken I, JPEG. I, I lived in a house in the sticks when I first moved here. Did you did you get it over the internet, sight unseen or something? Well, Amanda, it sounds upscale. Well, when I first came here, I did not start as some people think at KOTK. I was running this little radio station in McMinnville, uh -huh. and Willamina was one of the adjoining towns. Fair enough. And it was uh, let's see, it was uh, ten years ago this month, as a matter of fact. And then in August, uh, Bruce had hired me to come up here. God bless Bruce Agler. Absolutely. For rescuing you For from, from Willamina. And me from unemployment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, excellent. We, we can never thank Bruce enough. <laughs> I would still be in Willamina. <laughs> and they'd probably stop me. <laughs> what kind of hair is that, anyway? Why is it that you have all your teeth? <laughs> Are you a rapist or a child molester? Check one and get out. Yeah, so I've been there to Willamina. <laughs> Well, anyway, let's talk about the baby for sale man. The man facing serious charges in connection with the Craigslist posting of a baby for sale says it was just a hoax. He never dreamed it would lead to such problems. And why did he post it? Well, he put it there because he was tired of people complaining about stupid things on the Internet. <laughs> I'll give you something to complain about. That's why he did it. And it makes sense. Some people just can't free themselves from the Internet. Uh, he also told police that the email address he included on the posting belonged to a woman he used to work for at Oregon State University. So naturally, she's mad. Uh, Craigslist CEO Jim Buckmaster said the company uh, has measures designed to keep hoaxes from making onto the site, but apparently it didn't work this time. There was never a baby in danger. He simply put the uh, photo on the Internet. He never dreamed it would cause so much trouble. So this guy needs to find something else to do with his time. 
And he lives in Dallas, Oregon. Just get, to, you know, find another way to amuse yourself. Move to Willamina. <laughs> there's, there's all, but bring your papers. Be like that thing on the Max, where there's just like the little citizen holding up his ticket, and uh, the guy with the badge, like you know, with the gun. So right. there's nobody with a badge on the gun and a gun on the Max. Uh, a man in Texas claims he is DB Cooper's brother. Robert Cooper claims DB, who also called himself Dan, is actually his brother, Merlin Gene Cooper. Now, this is even more confusing. Uh, whom even his family called a con man. Certainly, he was the blank sheep of the family. He's talking about DB. He'd take advantage of everyone he came in contact with. Of course, we all know the legend of DB Cooper. Uh, apparently, once a, a winter Texan, Robert eventually moved permanently to the state. He shared pictures of his brother and sister. He never meant to harm anyone. He was able to maintain a lifestyle uh, minimal of work and for maximum pay. So now he says that D.B. Cooper was a gambler, too, and he thinks that his uh, shooting death in Oklahoma was a uh, part of uh, gambling or what happens to gamblers who don't pay their bills. So he says, yes, he's D.B. Cooper's brother, and yes, D.B. Cooper has been... Uh, he got shot and killed three years after the hijacking. But, that, but he's just some guy, like anybody could could say that, right? Well, his last name is Cooper. Well, so there you go. Anderson Cooper. Could <laughs> we should brother. totally spread that rumor. Anderson Cooper is the uh, the stepbrother of DB Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, well, because there was a woman, um, there was a woman some time ago in Pennsylvania, I think, and her husband was dying on a deathbed of death. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> he's dying of death, and he he did the whole movie thing where uh, where he's you know he's he can see the the reaper with inside. He come, come here, and she's waiting closer, closer, and then she leans in, and as he is on his deathbed, he says. And the interesting thing is, he didn't say D.B. Cooper. The, he she leaned in, and he said, uh, you know, I got to tell you something. I'm Dan Cooper, and she said, Who's Dan Cooper? And he said. I swear to you, this is the story. This is a news story. It sounds ridiculous now saying it out loud, but he's on his deathbed. The wife leans in. He says, I have to tell you something. I'm Dan Cooper. And then she says, who's Dan Cooper? And then he says, never mind. And then he, and then he dies. <laughs> and then I guess she didn't. And then I guess she didn't think about it until she saw in the news some time ago that D.B. Cooper's, the real name he gave at the airport was Dan Cooper. D.B. was sort of, a, the media started calling him that. Um, I like D.B. better. D.B. is great. Well, that's mysterious. It does, it flows. We were talking about that the other day. Sarah was asking about the Dan. And the thing is that I think he, it's amazing to think what you used to be able to fly with. You could just, you know, there, one ticket, please. ID? No. Okay, here's your ticket. And he just, what's your name? John Johnson? You know, and then they would just hand it to you and you get on the plane. Um... And and especially when you consider that there was no X-rays, no security, n nothing at all, and so there's Dan D.B. Cooper sitting on the plane with a briefcase full of red cylinders and wire, which is the sort of thing that you were just allowed to freely carry onto a plane back in the good old days. Um, anyway, so this guy says, "Well, I'm Dan Cooper," and then he dies. And the wife saved one of his hairbrushes and gave the hairbrush to the man. And the man is examining the hair to see if it matches the DNA on the cigarette butt that he left on the plane, but I guess it was inconclusive, and it's all very puzzling. So it is, it's one of those things that I equally hope will be solved and will never be solved. So we'll find out more about the parachute as it, uh, as it sort of comes out. So here's the reason not to have sedation dentistry done. Ah, all right. A Portland woman molested by an anesthesiologist during surgery filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit claiming his employer and her dentist knew of the anesthesiologist's history of molestation. That's nice. The anesthesiologist, 50-year-old David Burleson, was sentenced in December for up to five years in prison. The woman who bought the suit, uh, brought the suit, Catherine Jane Edson, 
Also called uh, Thursday for law to require medical professionals to report such incidents. I would think so. She says she was sedated November 6, 2004, and she was abused. She didn't learn about 2007 when her dentist, Dr. J. Malmquist, informed her. Why would you just inform? Oh, by the way, uh, you've got a small cavity here. Tiny bit of uh, gingivitis on your number five molar. By the way, you were also molested a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Plus, I would say you need to increase your brushing. The lawsuit says, in the woman's case, uh, Burleson groped an intimate body part while assisting her to recovery bed. Have I made the joke about filling a cavity? But the dentist continued to allow him to administer uh, anesthetics to other patients. Well, maybe he was good at it. So, uh, let's see here. That was totally a Lifetime movie. It really wasn't? Mm-hmm. I was raped by my dentist. No, I'm trying to remember what it was, but yeah, she was raped by her dentist, didn't know her, her husband was infertile. She got pregnant, and then he dumped her because he thought that she was having an affair, but really she found out that the dentist had had sex with her while she was under anesthesia. Okay. I haven't seen that one. No. That's a good one. Did we have that story a couple years ago about that dentist in, uh, in England that would sedate children and then break their bones with a hammer? Oh, yeah. Wait, Sarah, do you remember that story? No. Oh, it's the worst story ever. You don't remember that? It was a dentist in... It's like, the, it's like the worst story we've ever had. It was a dentist in England, and kids would go in like, my teeth are all spotty! And then they get in the chair, and the dentist says, it's, uh, it's going to be okay. Breathe deeply now. Shh, that's a good lad. And then the kid would pass out, and then the guy would just go to his workbench and get out a hammer, and just come back and smash their bones. And then they'd wake up. So, and then, and then, you know, and then apparently not be walking very well. That was the worst story we've ever had. I think at the time we declared that that story could never be surpassed in terms of sheer horror. And then there was the girl in the drain. And then there was the girl in the drain. There's something really wrong with this program. Here's Tim Riley. I need to put it in a sunny direction. Yeah. You're the one who suggested playing the mist thing again. I thought it would be a good good closure to that. Like a final cigarette before you quit? Yes. Mm -hmm. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there'll be no sunshine today. You can blame it on the snow in some of the higher elevations. As a matter of fact, it uh, set some snow record today. It was snowing in my house, which, and I never get anything nice. No. Uh, snow was clean? It's cleansing? <laughs> it was clean first. That's yeah. white. <laughs> well, my neighborhood was already white. Um, the um, white trash. Uh, the uh, uh, the so I looked out the front window, and the snow was coming down, and it was like actual real Tannisborn snow. Yeah. I mean, it was like actual, real, like like a, a Hallmark snow. It was actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and then, you know, I walked. I was a walking match this morning, and it was sort of fluffy and nice. And, and then it sort of turned to crap uh, later on. But I did get at least, because it didn't snow at all over Christmas, I don't think. I think no. it was a completely dry Christmas. Uh, but then, uh, t- today, we did actually get the one nice day of snow. So that was great. At the uh, Portland International Airport, where official weather records are kept, the snow event was recorded as the largest seasonal snowfall ever recorded. The previous record was March 10th, 1951. Snow was also blanketing the coast. As a matter of fact, uh, there there are some trees down along uh, Highway 101 near Lincoln City, closing that major coastal route. Crews are working across uh, that region to clear roads and help drivers. Highway 18 was reopened at 11.30 this morning. Heavier snow accumulations are expected in the mountains, but unless you're a skier, you really don't care. I've got uh, two dental emails, one inappropriate, one horrifying. Which do you want first? Either. We'll get to both of them anyway. Here's the inappropriate one. Rick, I wish my dentist would molest me under sedation. She's hot. Hmm. Here's another one. Uh, This one says, uh, let's see, subject line to this one, my dentist. Rick, I visited my dentist yesterday for a cleaning and a checkup after missing my December appointment due to a mouth injury. 
As my French-Canadian dental hygienist was working me over, he kept admonishing me, my, uh, admonishing my tooth cleaning prowess, telling me repeatedly how terrible my teeth looked. He then mentioned, he then mentioned waterboarding me, and said that quote, <laughs> said quote, in this country, your president says it's legal, so here goes. After then choking me with his water pick, he scraped my teeth to the point of bleeding, asking if it hurt, then telling me it's not my fault you can't brush correctly. Cancel your appointment now. Jeez. <laughs> I know there's something really wrong in the dental yes, community. If yes, you, if you want to watch that movie this weekend, it's called She Woke Up Pregnant. She Woke Up Pregnant. Yes. She Woke Up Pregnant. All right. Fantastic. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. 11-year-old girl has been taken into custody after calling in a false fire to 911. The girl told the dispatcher she'd been playing with a stove and her house was on fire. She said she was able to make it out okay, but her cousin was trapped inside. How can you play with a stove? I don't know. Matches, sure. Stove, not so much fun. Marion County responded with 18 firefighters, 14 deputies, and numerous rescue vehicles. When they arrived, there was no emergency and certainly no fire. Well, the girl denied making the call, but officials quickly traced it to her cell phone. They then went to a rest, uh, residence where she confessed to making the call and a similar one in August 2004. She was issued citations for misuse of 911 and initiated a false police report, and she was released to her mother. I had another... Uh, Where's that little girl who got tased? Oh, that's taser a taser watch. watch. This is related. Here's your double taser watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. Here's Tim Riley. Well, both of these are from Orlando, Florida. From where? The tasing capital of the world, Orlando, Florida. Me? That was all me. That was Emerson by a nose. That's all jumbly. Yeah. Orange County, Florida deputies used a taser on an 11-year-old girl after the elementary school student punched the officer in the nose. According to arrest reports, the girl was facing charges of battery on a law enforcement officer, disrupting his school function, and resisting with violence. The sheriff's office said the deputy was taken to the hospital with a bruised nasal cavity. So wait a minute. So they, so what was happening where she... I, I guess she was acting inappropriately. So she was an 11-year-old girl, and something was happening, and the cops were called... They were called to where? A school assembly? A school assembly, yes. What kind of school assemblies they have in Florida? Especially one that would result in an 11... You think even at 11, you'd know not to punch a guy with a gun. So she punches him in the nose, and then he tases her? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Excellent. That's part one. That's part one. Let's see here. That has something else here. Anyway, uh, part two. A massive fight between a group of teens with cinder blocks, bats, and the use of taser guns damaged several cars at a popular mall. Orlando police said the fight involved at least 11 teens and broke out at a skate park at the mall. At some point, shots were fired along international driving connection with the fight. When officers arrived, the teens scattered. Police arrested the 17-year-old at the scene, but the others escaped. Witnesses told police they didn't see anybody get seriously hurt in the fight. But uh, somebody ended up getting tased. Right. Hello, Channel 6 News team. Oh, by the way, next Friday, uh, we can start the teases. Next Friday, uh, Court and Fatboy Midnight Movie, Anchorman, uh, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Oh, come on. How that great is that? So great. I'm there. Excellent. Completely there. I think it's cool that they're doing something sort of modern, because they usually do sort of the old school stuff. Yeah, next Friday at the Baghdad, uh, Court and Fatboy's Midnight Movie, Anchorman. How much does it cost to get in? It's like $3, I think. Oh. So, uh... I mean, that seems like that would be a fun crowd to watch. Oh, dude, are you too. kidding me? And it's it's you know, and it's funny how 
instantly a cultural consensus emerges on some things. Like when Anchorman came out. I mean, he's made movies before, made movies after. But when Anchorman came out, it's like we all immediately decided that's the one. That's it. That's the high watermark. It was immediately cast that that is the gold standard for you know for Will Ferrell uh, movies. And he, you know he's done some other stuff since then. But that's that is now. That, I think we all agree that's the definitive. Uh, that's his Led Zeppelin four. I've watched it a billion times and it never gets oh, any less. Never funny. ever gets never gets old. It's fantastic. All right, uh, there's your double taser watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson radio program. And now, as a public service, I'm going to throw out this question, and we'll have somebody call up and answer it. Uh, this question says, uh, the subject line of this is just question. Uh, Rick, please to explain, how does Darth Vader eat or drink? He still needs to, right? Please tell me. So there you go. Uh, if someone knows how Darth Vader eats and or drinks, please now to call. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, I, know, uh, I know how he evacuates. I don't know how he eats or drinks. How would you possibly know that? Do you really? Now, are you asking facetiously? Okay, or do you really fine. Want to know? Yeah, just say it. But, I mean, do you really yeah, want to? I really do want to know. If you don't know how he eats, I'd like to know how let you me know ask, how he well, uses the facility. Well, let me ask you this. What are you more interested in, knowing how Darth Vader evacuates or knowing how I know? How. How you know. Okay. I, I'm just going to pawn it's it off. It's a story within the story. It really is. I know it because Chris Morris told me. Okay, well, how did he know? Aha, see? Now we go further in. Aha. Uh, I know because Chris Morris knows, and Chris Morris, musical director uh, for Bigger Than Jesus and blah, 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 guy from Nicodemus, um, uh, he knows because he read one of the uh, extended universe Star Wars books. I believe it's the episode three Revenge of the Sith novel. And they had By a Terry point Brooks. where Darth Vader was using the bathroom in it? No, uh, apparently he doesn't. You see, now you've gone into question number one, okay, though. Okay, Here's fine. the thing about Darth... No, no, no. He has a, it's a series of... It really is a series of tubes. It's, it's a series of... It's a series of uh, tubes and, uh, I think, uh, sacks. So, not unlike one of those uh, angry uh, veterans that you see sometimes. Okay. So, I think that's the deal. I don't know how he eats or drinks, though. That's a good question. Here's Tim Riley. The newspaper industry has experienced the worst drop in advertising revenue in more than 50 years. According to new data, uh, their revenue plunged 9.4% to $42 billion. That's not very much money. Uh, the drop-off points to an economic slowdown on top of the secular challenges faced by the industry. The second worst decline in advertising revenue occurred in 2001 when it fell by 9%. Total advertising revenue in 2007, including online, decreased 7.9% to only $45.3 billion. It would be interesting to see a map of newspaper revenue losses and then overlay it with a map of where Craigslist is. Because, you know, because Craigslist isn't in all cities. I mean, we have it here. Uh, and, it, you know, I think if you go to Craigslist, I think it actually lists the cities where it is. But it's not in all cities. You know, like, just, like you no know, Craigslist Kennewick, for example. Uh I don't think there's one for Bremerton. I think there's probably one for Seattle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think you can put, like, SeaTac or Bellevue or something. But I don't think uh, I don't think that there is a Craigslist for all cities. I think there's one for all states, but it's only for the major metropolitan areas. So I would be curious to see the Craigslist presence 
weighed against newspaper revenues and see exactly how much of that. That's what the Freakonomics guys should do that. See how much of that revenue decline is directly attributable to Craigslist. Because it really does seem like that's, I mean, that, that is sort of where everybody advertises everything now, including this very fine radio program. Thank you to the many people who, uh, did I tell you about the guy who posted the Barack lyrics as an actual personal ad yesterday? That was good. All right, uh, I think we have a, several people calling up about the Darth Vader question, so we'll get to that here in just a few. Here's Tim Riley. The lenders committed to financing the $19.5 billion public buyout of Clear Channel didn't show up for a meeting with the company and the buyers today, even after a judge issued an order to do something about it. So uh, apparently uh, there are six banks involved here, Citicorp, Morgan Stanley, Credit Suisse, the Royal Bank of Scotland, the Douche Bank, a Deutsche Bank of Germany. <laughs> well, there probably is. You're a and, Douche Bank. And, and, and Corporation. I'm writing that down. That guy's a total Douche Bank. So apparently uh, nobody will barrel out Clear Channel and they're having nothing but problems. So what can you do? Saving up for a douching later on. No, no, no. I uh, don't have time to do it now. It's going to go right in my Douche Bank, though. All right. Uh, let's see here. We've got the... Yeah. Here's another one. God damn, Rick Emerson. God damn. I hate, 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 hate that show. He stinks up the whole show. Um, who are they talking about? Oh, I think there's somebody who specifically dislikes um, Dorothy Carcassari. Um And then that is that is uh, that is responded to them by somebody. You effing tard. Change the station if you don't like it. Wah, wah, get the wambulance. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So always an exciting conversation happening on Craigslist about this show. All right, let's see. We've got um, two different calls here uh, about uh, Darth Vader. One of them is from some guy. One of them is from uh, our friend, the homeschooled kid. Uh, from whom do we wish to hear? Uh, Should I roll the dice of destiny? I kind of like the homeschooled let kid. Let the boys speak first. All right. They're busy with tasings and such. <laughs> I you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this the homeschooled guy, Andy? Yes, yes it is. How are you, Andy? I am very good. Are ye a Star Wars fan? Yes, right. I obsess over it. Okay. A uh, lot. What is your favorite Star Wars film? I'd have to go with Episode Six. What really? Yes. Jedi. Yeah. Why? I mean, you know, I mean, it's a big world to to each his own. But why? I I, so, I guess I'm so used to people saying Empire by now that I'm a little taken aback when somebody doesn't say Empire. Why Jedi? Multiple things. Most of it is the whole Darth Vader finally re redeemed himself and such. So you feel it's the completion of the journey? Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, the question was poised earlier. Uh, how does Darth Vader eat or drink, since presumably he still must? Please now to answer. The same way that people who are in a coma get nutrients. It's just intravenously. You know in Episode 5, that weird sphere thing he sits in? Yes. I'm pretty sure that he sits in there and, and stuff plugs into the parts of skin he still has and feeds him nutrients. So now is this, a, are, is this speculative or is this based on perhaps fan fiction or something in the extended universe? I'm, the sphere part is speculative. That's the only thing I can think of that that thing would be for. Mm -hmm. I'm relatively certain about the being fed intravenously part. Well, maybe the maybe he just needs a bathing. Maybe that's what that uh, that egg thing is for. Um, I'm. It's possible. I doubt it though. All right. I'm also guessing that the mechanical parts of him are they just get recharged. All right, fair enough. And, and then so that maybe it's sort of an all-over thing. Like maybe that's when they lubricate the sort of uh, the cyborgian parts of him. 
That's possible. All right. So this is so this is your educated guess based upon your knowledge of the Star Wars yes. universe. And the intravenous thing, I'm. It's one of those things where I heard it a while ago somewhere, and I've forgotten the source, and only remember the fact part. All right. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Welcome. All right, there you go. Let's try another call on this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How does Darth Vader eat or drink? Um, Just like the last caller said, he does it intravenously because if you do read the books, other than losing limbs, um, he only injured his lungs, and that's why he has to wear the breathing tube and mask or whatever. Um, so intravenously would be the only way he could possibly eat. So do they do they sort of spell that out the same way they spell out how he uh, evacuates? Um, well... Once again, I mean, if you're going canon as opposed to expanded universe, which uh-huh. uh, definitely has some difference to it, like I said, only his lungs were damaged and limbs or whatnot. Now, this so is now technically we, his, are those expanded universe books not considered to be uh, what's the word canonical? Um, a lot of people, a lot of true fans, uh, consider them not to be canon with the original Star Wars uh, the trilogy. So. All right. It's, a lot of it can be up to your own, you know, uh, understanding of it, just like the Bible, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Campbell would be proud, sir. Well done. Hey, final question. Uh, maybe they explain this at some point, uh, and then I just blinked and missed it. Why can uh, R2 fly in the prequels but not in the original trilogy? Oh, man. Uh, with the Force? <laughs> you can't just blame the Force, sir. The Force can't just be a catch-all. Uh, magic? That's, although, although really, if you want to keep the religion analogy going, I guess that that really does make Star Wars the equivalent of religion. If every time you come across a logistical problem, you can, God did it. Right. So, all right. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Oh, it's for it, prayer. That's how it happens. Magic. All right. And I don't think it's the Force because there's like actual rockets. Like R2 has rockets on the bottom of his whatever his uh, legs or feet or whatever those things are. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do one more and then we'll break. This could be the youngest serial killer yet. Well done. I mean, except for the killing. A 16-year-old boy has confessed to the slayings of 12 people over the past three months in southern Brazil. He's not an American. Oh, boo. Well, Points be... for not being an American. There'll be copycats. You? Don't, you, don't you worry. There'll be copycats here. The teenager whose identity is not revealed because he is a minor told police he allegedly killed his victims in a fit of rage or out of revenge. Oh, please. I can claim that. It's also believed the boy killed some of his victims for the sheer enjoyment of it. Now, police have enough evidence to prove that the teenager, an unemployed high school dropout, shot at least six of the 12 people he says he killed. So yeah. he, wait, so he's 16 years old. So this would have been over, over what period of time? The past three months. Um, I, I, I call a little bit of shenanigans on this. And did he suddenly just confess for no reason? Apparently so. That seems unlike a true serial killer. 12 people in three months? That's like, that's one a week. Yeah. No. But he's unemployed. <laughs> And probably doesn't have the Craigslist. <laughs> so lots of lots of time to fill. Does it specify like who he killed? Like was it classmates or older people or? It doesn't specify. No, I I call and who knows what kind of record keeping they even have in Brazil. Aren't they just all busy drinking margaritas and having sex on a beach? Mm-hmm. And I mean, isn't that the whole? Yeah, that's the whole in producing supermodels. Supermodels having sex with other supermodels to to create supermodel babies. I saw some great uh, article the other day about. Why it was some article attempted to explain why so many supermodels come from Brazil. Uh, there does seem to be some weird something good on the water down there where the people who come out of there sort of fr- of either sex are just freakishly good looking. All right. Well, I'm unimpressed. I you know what it is. That's going to be uh, that's going to be like the, the Barry Bonds baseball. I'm putting an asterisk uh, next to him. I don't truly believe he's a. Uh, I don't think he's the real deal in terms of serial killing. Uh, let's do uh, one more and then we'll break. 
Does anybody really want or need a Lone Ranger movie? No. Well, he's about to ride again. The Hollywood Reporter says Walt Disney Pictures, Jerry Bruckheimer Films, uh. Entertainment Rights are about to produce a live-action big-screen adaptation of The Lone Ranger. Uh, Bruckheimer and the House of Mouse have teamed up on these successful Pirates of the Caribbean movies. The Lone Ranger was created by Fran Stryker and started as a local Detroit radio series back in the 1930s. Baby boomers may remember Clinton Moore, or Clayton Moore, as the masked man and Jay Silverheels as Tonto. Producers are hoping that the second version of The Lone Ranger will be a success. There was actually one uh, 27 years ago. Is that true? Like a movie? Yeah, The Legend of the Lone Ranger starred Clinton Spilsbury <laughs> and turned out to be a bum at the box no, office. No, I'm stunned. Clinton, hold on. I know we were going to bring... Well, of all the Clinton Spilsbury movies, this one was a bum. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many people currently work at the Clinton Spilsbury fan club. How do you spell that, please? Clinton with a K, believe it or not. Oh, really? Clinton? Yeah. All yeah. right. How do you spell it? S-P-I-L-S-B-U-R-Y. Clinton Spillsbury. Clinton Spillsbury <laughs> is an American actor. His lone known acting credit, Tim, is The Legend of the Lone Ranger. Where are they now? By now. Um, <laughs> he didn't even do his own dialogue. James Keach looped all his dialogue. Oh, no. Clinton Spillsbury. I'm going to make that my alias when I check into a hotel. Room for one? Clinton Spillsbury. Clinton Spillsbury. Clinton Spillsbury's dialogue in The Legend of the Lone Ranger was looped by James Keach. He was involved in a fight during the movie. He is the son of Max Spillsbury. Of course. Um, an article about him in Parade Magazine in 1989 um, revealed that he, was, uh, he had spent time in Europe. He had hopes to revive his career as an actor, but said he was, quote, not having much luck. Um, was most recently known to have worked at a subway. Oh. Last known oh, to be living no. in Los Angeles, working at Subway. Well, that shouldn't be too hard to find. Clinton Spillsbury. Here's to you, Clinton Spillsbury. Is there a Clinton Spillsbury house special? <laughs> okay, then at the listener party, May 15th, we're holding a seat for Clinton Spillsbury. That's like how Garth Brooks always has a thing where there, he leaves tickets at the front box office for Elvis. Like in every Garth Brooks show, Elvis has a pair of tickets at Will Call, which is pretty great. Uh, so I'm going to start holding a seat for Clinton Spillsbury. What happens if he shows up? Well, then he gets the seat, and I'll buy him around. Okay. All right, here's uh, this. Let's take a break. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Tim Riley returns from the corner later on. The top five uh, top five Springsteen songs you never hear on the radio. Uh, Scott Dowley, I believe, reviews 21. We'll play uh, to do the station name thing, and we'll talk more about what to do with his Barack Obama song that just finished. Say there, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Chris Sneathan from On the, bl uh, on the Blog, on the vig.com. Uh, the count of the top five Springsteen songs you never hear on the radio. Scott Daly as well. All right, so I'm looking at this Legend of the Lone Ranger film. Chris Paddock is a big fan of Clinton Spilsbury. Of course he is. Clinton Spilsbury, the star. Uh, Taglines include the untold story of the man behind the mask. Mask and the legend behind the man. Soften. 
The loyal friend. Uh, here's the alternate tagline: The loyal friend he trusted. The woman that fate denied him. The also, great. There, there was romance in this one. Yeah, this is the worst tagline ever. It just goes on and on forever. The loyal friend that he trusted, the woman that fate denied him, the great silver stallion he rode, his consuming love of justice. That's the worst tagline ever written. Um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. So you said somebody played Tonto? Yes. Now, is it true that Tonto means idiot, or is that an urban legend? I think that's an urban legend. Everybody says, you know, Tonto means dumbass, but I, I, think I suppose in some language it might. I don't think that's true. I think that's an urban legend. But not that, in uh, the Indian language. I think El Diablo Blanco has created... Cool, foolish, silly. But, but from where? Where are you seeing that? Definition of Tonto in the dictionary. Really? Let's see. Is it like an actual dictionary? It's not like wick wiktionary or something, is it where... Oh no! Yeah, see, I would, I would want to made up. I would want to see that in an actual Spanish language dictionary because they claim that Tonto is Spanish for idiot, but that seems a little too. That seems well, like it's not this dictionary. Somebody would have picked it up, and it seems like such. A, yeah, no, even then, uh, look, they had Spanish then. You know, yeah. it's not like Spanish is a recent language. What's the yeah wiktionary? That sounds like a thing where people can make up their own stuff. Um, and why not? And why not? Let's see. Um, it makes people feel better. It was written by people who worked on Charlie's Angels. Uh, oh my God! There was a song, the movie's ballad narration. I love ballad narrations. The Man in the Mask uh, was composed by Dean Pritchford of Footloose fame. Anyway, uh, the guy who played Tonto, Michael Horse, uh, it just says he was on Twin Peaks, but it doesn't say uh, doesn't say what he played. Oh, he was uh, he portrayed Deputy Hawk on Twin oh, Peaks. Oh, Hawk Hill. Yeah, he Hawk was. Uh, yeah, he was Tonto in this Lone Ranger film. I liked Hawk. He was a good character. Oh, good character. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a German is complaining that for five years, Americans tortured him in many ways, including oh. hanging him from the ceiling for five days. This happened in Afghanistan. Uh, he claims American troops tortured him by holding his head underwater, administering electric shocks to the soles of his feet, and hanging him suspended from the ceiling of an aircraft hangar, and was kept alive by doctors. You know, I think the Germans have got another 30 or 40 years before they can start bitching about being uh, treated badly by other countries. They do it better than we did. <laughs> Every five or six hours, they came in and pulled me down, and the doctor came. They checked out my eyes. They checked my heart and said, okay. Then they pulled him back up and abused him some more. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but he's a German. Well, we're can-do people. <laughs> I guess I would feel horrified if he wasn't from Germany. It's so hard to feel sympathy for Germans. It really is true. No, 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 I, I insist that you treat me with dignity. I'm German. Whatever. <laughs> what can you do? That's really... What can you do? So now uh, that it's over with, what do they expect? <laughs> you started it, Germans. All right. So you should be thankful that we stopped, that you can go on 60 Minutes and talk about this. <laughs> really? So, yeah, they checked out his heart and said, okay, then they pulled him back up by his feet. All right. Well, invade you again if we have to. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, listen to this. This comes from uh, Orange County. Toxicology test show the teenage driver killed his sister when their car slammed into a tree or inhaling laughing gas before the crash. A small uh, consideration of laughing gas was detected in the blood of 19-year-old uh, driver Blanca Lopez, but laughing gas uh, cycles through the body quickly, and even the trace amount shows she was abusing it moments before the crash. Uh, Lopez and his 18-year-old sister, uh, her 18-year-old sister, both of them mothers in Santa Ana, died in the crash. Investigators found a half a tank of laughing gas on the floor in front of the passenger seat. <laughs> is it still the, funny? The sisters were coming home from a party. This gas is popular with all the kids in the O.C. <laughs> Excellent. Maybe you can ask the dentist for some of this. Uh, they well. can do all five cavities at once. <laughs> now, see, now I don't even Here's want to... Here's your bill, sir. <laughs> now, I don't even want to go anywhere near the dentist. Um, hi, Aaron, the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, everybody. I'm calling about uh, Darth Vader. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I, I'm the first one to admit that, you know, my uh, Star Wars knowledge is not all-encompassing, but I think we got to apply Occam's razor to this. As far as I know, um, Anakin Skywalker, his trunk, you know, his torso survived intact, maybe had some lung damage, but his, his throat, his esophagus, and his, his stomach were fine. So how would Darth Vader eat? He takes the helmet off and he puts food in his mouth. Uh, well, we've got several people weighing in on that. Uh, let's see. Let me read a couple of these. This one says... Um, he puts a fork in his mouth. That's how he can take his mask off and helmet as shown in Return of the Jedi. His body is whole minus the appendages. He still has a body. He just takes off his helmet and eats, idiot. Uh, this one, okay, but here's another one. Listen to this. See, this is another one of those absent things where everybody thinks they got the abs. Here's another one. Rick, Darth Vader doesn't eat. His chest machine gives him intravenous food and fluid, says uh, Thomas, who's, uh, you know, pretty uh, big geek in his own right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think Aaron is is another one going. He takes off the helmet and eats that way. So it, it doesn't seem like there is a definitive answer on this. Well, I know that people like to you know speculate. The more wild the speculation, the more entertaining. But come on, the simplest answer is probably right. So. Uh, I suppose. Well, we may never know, sir. There you go. Thank you. All right, there you go. Yes, yeah, uh... might be one of those things that's left best uh, unsolved. Here's Tim Riley. A woman is safe after losing control of her car and accidentally driving into the waters of the Oakland estuary. But on the upside, she saved her morning coffee. The car went into the water shortly after 6 a.m. After its 22-year-old driver apparently lost control of the car while reaching for a cell phone. After the car became uh, lodged in stilts under a home on the water, the driver was able to swim back to shore. Onlookers say she came ashore still cradling her coffee cup. Wait, let me know. So she had a cell phone and coffee. Yeah. So she's well, that leads to accident. Yeah. yeah. At least there's no laughing gas in this one. Have you? Uh, hold on a second. Uh, hey, uh, Richie. Richie, I hate to be this. I hate to be this guy. Uh, but could you? Or wait, do we have creamer? Do we have that French uh, vanilla creamer? We do. Here? Tim, may I have some of your French vanilla creamer? It's not mine. It is. It was it's given to you. It's all of ours, Tim Riley. And Chris Paddock's. I think it was given to you, though, was it not? Mm-hmm. Me specifically? Yes, I think it was given to you. Well, maybe it was, but I've been generous by leaving it yeah. behind Sir X Dillon. Uh, have you seen that crazy house on stilts in southeast Portland? No. Uh, I don't think so. Where? Is it supposed to be on stilts? I won't be too specific, because I don't think they want media attention, so I won't say exactly where it is. Pay no attention to the house on stilts. I'm just saying, uh, Laura. Sometimes they do that when they're trying to build a bottom floor. Yeah, they. Well, they're, they trying have to, that on... they're trying to redo a foundation. Um, and so they, what they do is they, they lift the house up a little bit. Apparently, what they do is they lift the house up with a crane. They slide a piece of foundation underneath it, lift it higher, slide a thing underneath it. But it's like on top of a huge Jenga stack, and they've dug out the entire foundation. So now there is a huge hole in the ground that I would guess is probably 25 feet deep. So it, it, there's like a massive 25-foot-deep swimming pool, basically. And then in the middle of it is this huge pile of concrete uh, b- blocks, and then the house is sitting on top of it. It's terrifying. I mean, one good jiggle from the earth, and that thing's going to tip over and crush the house next door. Mm. It's, uh, we stopped by. We were walking Max, and we stopped by, and we looked at it, and the owners happened to be there. And they're getting. And we talked, and they said that the guy clearly is terrified that something's going to come blow the house over while it's up. I mean, it's it's really amazing because if you consider the hole that's been dug out, and then the fact that they've had to elevate it, I would guess that the front porch of the house, I would guess it's seventy feet off the ground. It's what? Un, it's unreal. It's un. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's un. Seventy feet? No. Are you sure? It's 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 like if you were to. It is at least that's time and itself again. Higher. Do you, that, in other words, in other words, if the house is so high, it is that high. So again. It's like four stories high. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 
it's amazing. It's it's amazing how high. I mean, if you consider the fact that, you know, if you take into account the big hole that's been dug out underneath it, it is at least its own height again above that. Wow. It's freaky. And this is about three and months this ago. And in Southeast? Two months ago. Yeah, it's in Southeast. We saw this about two or three months ago. Um, and he said that the deal is they gradually raise it, and then they gradually lower it again. Uh, so it so may nobody's be... living in there right now, No, right? No, 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 <laughs> hell no. No, literally, it's like a house that is on top of a big Jenga stack. It is, I mean, I maybe 70 feet is the wrong way to put it, because I'm not bad at distance, but it is at least the height of the house. It is at least its own height, and I would say maybe a third or half again that high, however high that is. So however, that is so nuts. However tall a house is, it's a it's like a house and a half above the ground. It's it, it looks like weird Wicked Witch of the West crap. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, former and sinker J C Chavez is that the correct pronunciation? Yes, Chavez. It's Chavez. Chasev. Pardon me, Mr. Chasev. Is a terrible gossip that he and someone named Chase Crawford are more than just friends. The former boy bander turned dance crew judge says rumors about him <laughs> and the gossip girl star are just plain stupid. They've been spotted out quite a bit lately, and rumors ran rapid online of a possible bromance. A bromance? That's it's called a bromance between the two stars. You know, it's laughable the first time, but I think at the tenth time it gets annoying. Uh, Chesez is the former boy bander turned dance crew judge. Said the rumor about him and the Gossip Girl star are just plain stupid. I'm sorry, this guy, JC, could not be more gay. I saw him <laughs> judging that competition last night, the um, America's Best Dance Crew thing. Oh, wait, this is not Amer- This is not Dancing with the Stars. No, it's no, it's like full-on um, like breakdancing and like all kinds of... So J- wait, so JC Ch- Chavez, Chavez? Him, some guy named something Sparks, Simon Sparks, maybe. And all right, let's we have, to, okay. we have to stop. Let's get all of our This is stuff. all confusing. Can you can you read the story again? The whole thing? Yes. Well, oh, right. line by line. I'm sorry, we're very slow. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it slower. Former N sinker J C Chesed. Okay, I have to Google him now. Hold on, J. Can you spell Chesed? Sarah X Dylan once said that he's the ugly one. Can you? you spell, <laughs> he is like, pretty unattractive. Can you spell Chesed? So couldn't this Chase Crawford do better? If this <gasps> Chase Crawford's beautiful. Well, apparently these two were seen behind the Roosevelt Canoodling. Hotel. Canoodling. Yeah. Can you spell Chesed? A uh, Chesed? C H A S E Z. Well, apparently the, these two were both in a cabana behind the Roosevelt a Hotel. Cabana. And of course. Why not pick the busiest intersection in Hollywood for not to be seen by people? I don't think he's. I don't think he's that ugly. JC he's not. He's not a, uh, unattractive. He's not Danny she's, Wood ugly. She's not her type of man. No. He's, yeah, he's definitely not my type of guy. Uh, okay, so what? No, okay. Um, wow. He does look unbelievably gay in this one you photograph. You should have seen though. him last night. He's wearing this like really he's, tight, tight shirt. He's wearing a little bow tie wearing, last night. He's wearing a see-through, like a fishnet tank top. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I hate to be... Look, one doesn't like to traffic in stereotypes. Um, but one, I have to show you this photo. And this is from, I think, his... Oh, the photo's been taken down, of course. But you can still see the <laughs> thumbnail. Oh, Jesus, I open a blog. They took the thumbnail away from you? Okay, this is what the Internet is like. I go to this blog because they've got a picture of J.C. Chassez. And, and this is what I see. Headline, Britney's Vagina. <laughs> Please do ignore this thing that says Britney's vagina. Okay. Is, is that her actual vagina? I think it is. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Look at that. If you can, I, yeah. think, I, think, I think that's a, an artist rendition. If somebody took like something out of a police book. Not Britney's actual vagina. Um, so, wow, I don't need to see this. Why would you have a big... Nobody would ever need to see that. Um, 
Okay. Well, it's been seen before. So that's J.C. Chaz. Yes, he looks very gay. Who's the other guy? Uh, the same. Chase Crawford. James Crawford. Chase. Chase. Chase, Chase Crawford. Like, He's from Gossip Girl. Chase and Sanborn. Chase. Excellent. Chase Crawford. And so, what is, please now to explain, what is a, a bromance? That's a new term. I that, This is the first time I've seen it. How is that different it's from... It's like a brodeo. A bromance. No, because see, if a bromance is two men who are involved, a brodeo takes on a whole a whole different... I mean, that means something else. Oh, I can see why you'd like this uh, Chase Crawford Isn't guy. he beautiful? Yeah. He's so, a pretty so man. So do you think that J.C. Chazes would consider him attractive also? I think I that would, they would find each other attractive. I would say anybody would find Chase Crawford attractive. J.C. Chazes would find... I would think he would uh, be lucky to be hooking up with this Chase Crawford guy. Amen to that. The Chase Crawford guy, He's a that's a good-looking man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw him. All right. I'm all embittered. Anyone more attracted? But he's dead to me. <laughs> Damn well, you. Well, Chess insists, as a matter of fact, I'm a straight guy. As a matter of fact? Who says that? That's what he said. I happen to be straight. This crapper fellow recently split with country cutie Carrie Underwood. Isn't she a lot older than he is? I don't know. No, I think she's like, she's like I think Carrie Underwood's only like 22. Oh, I'm thinking of some other Underwood. Carrie Underwood's the American Idol chick. She's, she's the, the blonde she's girl. Okay. Kate Hudson looking girl. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking... Yeah, she's really freakishly pretty, too. She's, she's like, so pretty, though, that you almost suspect it can't possibly be real. Uh, and that there's anorexia in her future. I think... Do you remember Jim Roof said that she's one of the prettiest girls yeah. he's ever seen? in person, yeah. I mean, she's really... She looks a lot like Kate Hudson. That was my first thought. And then I think this has to be false. It says the 31-year-old J.C., that who previously dated the likes of Ava Longoria. Like, that really happened. There's no way. Really? He may have been seen. He may. Let me put it this way. It's one of those Ryan Seacrest. They may have done a lot of shopping yeah, together. He may have been seen at Chasen's uh, with Eva Longoria uh, or Suzanne Plachette. Um, he was not, in my my opinion, as protected by the First Amendment. My opinion, probably not dating Eva Longoria so much as he is out uh, looking for handbags, perhaps. Um, you know, I don't, I don't understand what he's so embarrassed by. He's a pretty man. He's a successful man. It's we like, should say that we don't know. Of we don't know anything for sure. But you're saying if that is the case, that one should just embrace it. I did know Lance Bass was gay. Wait, I'm sure. Because we don't know that that's true. We okay. should probably. Well, she's a good friend of mine. Yeah, she, it's probably true. <laughs> she would have never. I true rumors about other stars. Well, wait, let's she would have never. Okay, this is wow. when I was a junior in college. I remember her telling me she's like, "Hey, guess what? My." Wait, hold on. Let's just let's How stop. Let's, let's get a breath. So we have no way of knowing if this is true. We have no way, although Lance Bass, is uh, he is now openly uh, op- openly gay. Yeah. Uh, so y- you are saying that um, you know someone who... Allegedly, who claims. Claims to have been, who have had, uh, to had uh, relations with him. Yes. And this college. is when I was, a, yeah, when I was a junior in college, my Can friend... Can I tell you this about Lance Bass? He is so uh, sort of... Uh, What's the word? Fresh faced or whatever they used to say. He, he looks like he squeaks. Do you know what I mean? Like he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's so un. He has that like glow and the perfect skin and the whatever. He looks like if you were to touch him, like he's just so perfectly sculpted, in a weird way. He does have that very. Uh, he he sparkles. That guy. So anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, that J.C. Chess guy. If he's hooking up with whatever Chase Crawford, uh, buy him some baubles. Keep that guy happy. Because, uh, you know, I'm just saying. Even At I the break, I want to show you this breakdance, this show. It is pretty neat. Like, the people who won the Jabberwockies, uh, that was the name of their crew. Mm-hmm. And um, they all dance in these white masks. It's really freaky looking. White I kind of want to show you for a second. All right, so when they get closer. Breakdancing. Oh, that's, that is kind of weird. It's really neat looking. Oh, these oh, are all... got, like, bucket head masks. Oh, I see. Yeah, but they all, co- like, coordinate their masks every single week. 
I watched this for two and a half hours last night. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's going on? Guys? What's up? This is Palmer, and I uh, I caught that uh, the Greatest Dance Crew show a couple weeks ago with uh-huh. uh, and the judge J. It's J. C. Chazé. Chazé, really? Yeah, but he's so he's he is he's just he's out there. He's wearing little scarves with button-down shirts. It was just horrible. But uh, I, I want to tell Sarah, she really missed a good dance crew. They were called, like, Break Skate. They all danced on skates. Oh, they brought out all of the, the previous crews for the big uh, live finale last night, and I saw them. They were so cool. They're okay. really cool. So he's wearing... So and, and then he's also judging a dancing competition on skates. No, 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 no. He just he wears scarves. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. no. But the guys, the, no, they still they managed to look tough while dancing around on roller skates. No, they did. They were good. I can see how that works. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Bye. Uh, I think that you are making fun of the show because you know that you would love it as much as I did. I think I might be horribly fascinated by I, it. That's exactly it. I could not leave. Like, I was watching and I was really tired. I'm like, I need to go home. And then all of a sudden, I thought, the live finale. I'm like, um, I'm just for another hour. I'm trying to get rid of the word bromance. I guess it's here to stay. Is bromance the new, uh, the new hotness? Is that the new black? I guess so. Is bromance like when guys are close friends and then some, you know, one day they're reaching for the same piece of chicken out of the bucket? And, you know, like they're, what is that, or what is that thing, the Heineken? What is the spot, what is that spot where they were watching the Super Bowl? The guys watching football and they reach for the same, is it for oh. KFC or something? They're reaching for the same food, they're reaching for the same beer, beer or, or pizza something. slice right. or something. And it's like, he reaches for the wing at the same time the other guy does, and they're like, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> we touch. Uh, we touch, let's make out. Uh, so that sounds like a bromance to me. So, so instead of reaching for the chicken, he's reaching for this kid Crawford. Wasn't it a Twix commercial, for, maybe? Reaching for the... Leg, maybe. All right, let's move on. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Well, let's talk about a more pleasant topic, shall we? Who wants to learn how to make porn? Me. All right, no problem. With 4000 bucks ahead, two dozen students will attend ahead. porn <laughs> camp this weekend in Tampa Bay. Porn camp. Porn camp. <laughs> the camp deals with everything from porn star pay grades to set and web design. Porn star Courtney... Oh, I should be careful with this last name. Well, Courtney... Uh, will Let me tell see. The... Well, that could be... Oh, yeah. Well, her first name is Courtney. What does her last name rhyme with? Can you say what it rhymes uh, with? The opposite of goes. Uh, we'll tell the St. Petersburg Times she makes oh. a six-figure income <laughs> acting and directs adult films and will lead the students to an actual porn shoot. All of them. Separately. We've been invited to porn shoots before. We have? Yeah, a long time ago. Oh. They'll uh, hmm. film hardcore sex scenes of local actors and own the rights to whatever they film. Why, you can even end up making a DVD. I wonder if Timmy Ryan's going to go to that. I don't Because he know. is in the industry. Jesus. Maybe so, he's a professor. Porn camp. Porn camp. Jesus, God. Porn is... Uh, the, the Porn on the Internet is sort of strangely fascinating to me in the sense that it has... Just like MySpace has allowed anybody with a song to put it up and try to get their band famous, mm-hmm. the Internet has really allowed anybody with a slutty friend and a video camera mm-hmm. to try to make nine ninety nine a month off, uh, you know, whatever saps who will, who will pay to watch their porn channel or whatever. So it is kind of, it is, you know, the all-American, you know, technology has allowed anybody to partake in the American porn dream. Yes. Here's Tim Riley. Los Angeles police have arrested the drummer for the 80s band Poison at um, LAX on a rapport issued out of Mississippi. Oh. Uh, police say 46-year-old Ricky Rocket was arrested after arriving on a flight from New Zealand. The Daily News reports the co-founder of the glam band is, uh, was held on a strong-arm rape warrant from Neshoba County and apparently has been released from custody. Here's a name from the past, Ashley Simpson. She may soon be coming to your closet. 
apparently the scene celebrity is set to launch a new fashion line for clothing retailer Wet Seal. The company says Ashley's line will consist of T-shirt designs inspired by her personality. <laughs> huh? What was inspired by I, her personality? I cannot imagine what a shirt would possibly look like. <laughs> what is such a shirt? Uh, I mean... Well, the, the release date is set to coincide with the April 22nd release of her new long-awaited CD. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it, can I ask you a question? And I don't sure. think... Maybe this is a generational thing, but sometimes... But here's the weird thing. It, with the... And I think that we have uh, reached a point where technology is evolving faster than it used to. In other words, the time between, like, the wireless and the telephone and then the record player and the radio and the radio and the television, that was like a good 10, 15 years between each of those steps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, radio had about 15 years before TV came along. Mm-hmm. TV had about 20 years before cable came along. VCR had about 15 years before the DVD came along. It doesn't seem like it's that way anymore. It seems like technology changes about every year and a half now. So so maybe this is a generational thing, but I think it's a technical question. Do people really wait for records anymore? Like, can you, no. do, do you even know when records are coming out these days? Unless you're a super fan of a certain performer, you would. I guess that maybe that's, that's the thing where, like, and maybe you'll be notified by iTunes or, like, an online uh, Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. Because the idea of, like, everybody knowing, and no, 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 that new Guns N' Roses album comes out on April 3rd, I, I think those days are just gone forever, where everybody knows the release date of some really exciting record that we're all waiting for, and then you can't wait for that Tuesday to get here. Uh, I think the only thing I've been like that about, uh, that was some weird grammar, I think the only thing about which I have been, I think the only record I have been about like that, what? I don't know. I've tried to put these. I've tried to put those words together every in every combination, and it doesn't work. Maybe you should write up the sentence before accepting the I'm going to put these words on cards, and then we're going to put them on the table and rearrange them until it works. I think I've had entire weeks like that, so I, I'm I'm no one to poke fun at. And it, all, it all seems logical in your brain, doesn't it? Well, it works in my head, yeah, but then just, somebody says you're not making any sense. <laughs> I thought I were Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. I, um, I just had to call you out on that because oh no, the words just weren't going together <laughs> properly. And we could have sat here for hours without yes. anybody doing anything about it. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it to my attention you know sooner rather than later. It's, a very, it's very kind of you to, to make such an awkward observation. <laughs> it's like telling somebody their fly is down. Well, you were holding my attention that far, and I, I thought it was my duty. <clears throat> Jesus. Well, anyway... Whatever I was trying to say, the point of it was. <laughs> yes, Tim? Please continue. <laughs> the only point I was trying to make in my own peculiarly muddled fashion. <laughs> it's like Dick Clark was trying to do a monologue. <laughs> oh. Anywho. I was just saying, I don't think I really track the release of albums the way I used to, and I don't think most people do. Um, I think when a, you know, a lot of times it'll be a band you're into or an artist, and you just sort of like, you, you sort of stumble on the new record on, on online or whatever. You're like, hey, I didn't know they had a new record out. It just, um, because I think the marketing mechanisms have become so diverse. There are now so many different ways to market, but they haven't really mastered any of them. And so you can't get the entire nation's attention at once anymore the way you used to. I mean, I can still remember the release dates 
of like the Metallica Black Album and the Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion records. I can remember the days those came, those came out. And I don't think you can get the public's attention and focus it that way anymore. The only albums coming up that I know about are, well, the new Roger Klein one came out, and then the Wednesday 13 record is coming out in April. And the only reason I even know about that is because they're only selling it at Hot Topic, so I'm going to go to Hot Topic, stand in line at Hot Topic with a bunch of like 12-year-olds to buy it. Um... But even that, you know, but that's it, man. I couldn't tell you when records are coming out these days. And I don't think most people could. I think that the, I think the days of marketers being able to focus all of our attention on a single Tuesday when some record's going to come out, that's past. That's all I, all I do is like, I'll go into a place and I'll look at the new release section. That's and that's when I know. Yeah, you browse it when they're out. Mm-hmm. Or, or you look in the sign that says upcoming. Yep. All right, here's Tim Riley. <laughs> Keeping up with the kids. What are the teenagers up to these days? Well, in Iowa... One is charged with theft, extortion, and sexual exploitation of a minor after allegedly stealing an iPod. The Quad City Times reports the 14-year-old high school student allegedly stole the device from a female student's purse. Davenport police say a note appeared in the girl's purse the next day telling her to perform a sex act in video and email it to the suspect in order to get the iPod back. The suspect may have also stolen at least two other iPods and requested similar circumstances. A Pennsylvania judge has sentenced four criminals to learn English. The Times-Ledger reports the defendants needed translators to plead guilty to criminal conspiracy to commit robbery. The judge sentenced the group to 24 months in prison, but paroled three of the men. He ordered them to learn English, get a GED within 30 days, and then get a job. The men must uh, pass an English test in one year to avoid the full 24 months behind bars. The judge says he wants to help the young men ages 17 to 22. A recording made by the French inventor Edward Leon Scott de Motinville in 1860, 17 years before Edison invented the photograph, has been discovered. The 10-second recording of Eau Claire de la Lune was etched on paper using a phonograph. This is a fake story. Experts traveled to Paris <laughs> after learning its existence and were able to successfully play this phonograph back. David Giovanni, an audio historian, described listening to the oldest known recording as like listening to a ghost singing. It's important on many levels. Thomas Edison is generally credited as the first person that recorded sound, because we Americans also always take credit for everything. But actually, the truth is, he was the first person that recorded sound and then played it back. This is the first time this recording from 1860 has ever been played back. Well, how would they know that it's from 1860? I don't know. That's specious. I'm not, in, that I'm not in France, so I right. could... <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Uh, a married man has been arraigned on the murder of his New Jersey lover. A married lover of a missing New Jersey woman was ordered held on bail today after prosecutors alleged he struck her in the head, stuffed her chopped up body in a suitcase, and dumped it into a New Jersey pond. Okay. Uh, investigators believe Rosario de la Lambo killed Amy Godano with a blunt instrument in her apartment, then sawed her body into pieces. Jeez. He had to use a hacksaw to get the job done to chop up, Amy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mean... Guillermo has been ordered to remain in jail on a million dollars bond. Okay. He was arrested after Godano's skeletal remains were found last weekend in a remote pond on Staten Island with the help of John Russo Jr., an alleged accomplice who had been speaking with investigators. Russo will soon face his own arraignment for evidence tampering. He was waiting for Digomamo on Staten Island June 9th. Also brought tools to help dispose of Godano's body. Uh, it's all very confusing. Mm. Uh, well, apparently, he killed his mistress because he can no longer afford to support two households. He faces a prison term of 30 years to life. 
His lawyer, Jerome Ballarato, said the Gamamo <laughs> planned to fight the charges. Okay. Mm. Moving on, uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Um, this one's about, see, now everybody wants to know where the house on stilts is. Uh, this one says, The house on stilts. See, now this is where it gets tricky, though, trying to figure out how high it is. This guy says, A typical maximum allowed height in Portland is 35 feet. Now, I don't know if that means... 35 feet off the ground? See, but he doesn't clarify, and I don't know if that means the bottom of the house or the top of the house. Because if you were to take this house on stilts that's in southeast from the top of the roof, at least where it was a couple months ago, the top of the roof all the way down to not ground level, but to below ground level, because, again, there's a huge uh, cavern, basically, that's been dug, where I guess they're going to have to re-pour the whole foundation. And I would guess the hole is, I mean, the hole's 15, 20 feet deep, probably. Mm -hmm. So from the top of the house all the way down to the very bottom of that big pit that's been dug. I mean, it's yeah, it's a couple house heights, or it was. So I'm, so I'm really, and it just looked all rickety, man. And they had like little, like it was all stacked on on these concrete uh, these concrete bricks. But then they had little tie ropes on each of the corners of the house. I mean, and that like that that clearly does nothing. So if a couple people pushed hard enough, they could knock it over. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh no, I'm not. Okay. Not that we're trying to encourage you. No, we're we're of course not. I'm gonna have to drive by that. I, I hope it's still there. Uh, I it hasn't blown over. It well, really and, I, and I asked the guy. Uh, so uh, Laura and I were there looking at the house, and then we noticed another couple standing there. And I said, hey, some house. And he goes, yeah, it's mine. And I said, oh, what's the deal? And he said, that's, you know, uh, it's a foundation thing, whatever. And I said, I said, really? And I, and I, I told him, I said, you know, I, got, I said, I have some friends who work in work at some TV stations. Like, you know, you want to be, they'd probably love this. You want to be in the news about it? You know, they could probably come and do a whole thing on how cool this looks. He's like, no, it's like, we don't really want to draw attention to it. Um, so maybe it isn't so legal. Uh, well, I, I think he just doesn't want, and again, we're really, really, really not telling people to look for it, and certainly not telling people uh, to, to, go, to go down. First of all, you wouldn't want to get anywhere near the house, and obviously don't, but you wouldn't want to get anywhere near the house, because, man, if that thing went over, uh, you'd be... Oh, I mean, Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, yeah. No, but there's no way. The thing is, you couldn't get near the underneath structures of the house, even if you wanted to, because there's like... You'd have to jump down into this mud pit. It's like that thing at the end of Poltergeist. Um, and then, God forbid, if anything ever, like, it came unsta unstable or just whatever, I mean, yeah, that'd full-on crush you. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's creepy. The whole thing is creepy. All right, here's, just thinking about it makes me nervous. Here's Tim, pardon me, here's Tim Riley. So, the latest Gallup poll, should you decide to accept the facts, uh, finds Barack Obama with an eight-point lead over Hillary, 50 to 42 percent, giving him a significant advantage for the first time since the Reverend Jeremiah Wright controversy. So, who knows? Uh, somebody says, Rick, I first heard the term bromance on the reality show Big Brother. It started with two guys who were using their charm to make strategic alliances with female contestants, and they called it a showmance. But their secret goal was to use the girls to prepare the true alliance. Um... Uh, as hetero friends that they call the bromance. Uh, in a nutshell, bromance is referring to two guys who have a close relationship to the point of mimicking activities uh, that would otherwise be confined to a dating relationship, such as buying gifts, meals, uh, or placing the relationship above others. Okay, fair enough. All right, yeah. that makes sense. It's a BFF kind of a thing, apparently. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, President Raul Castro's government. Well, wow, that's going to take some getting used to. Uh, you know, my... my uh... Never mind. Said Friday, it is allowing cell phones for ordinary Cubans, a luxury previously reserved for those who work for foreign firms or held key posts in the communist-run state. 
It is an official announcement. It would uh, lift the major restriction under the 76-year-old Castro, who marked the kind of small freedom many on the island have been hoping for. So who are they going to call? Can they order pizza? or Who are you going to call? I don't know. The government controls over 90% of the economy, and while the communist system ensures most Cubans have free housing, education, health care, and receive ration cards that cover basic food needs, the average monthly state salary is 408 Cuban pesos. That's a little less than $20. Raul Castro. Raul. That's Castro. You're right. That doesn't $20 a month? Money. Yeah. Well, that's typical. Communist. Well, what is there to buy? I mean, really, what are you going to be What are you going to be spending your money on? No, no, no. I'm going to save it up and buy a TV to receive nothing. So, uh, hey, uh, Richie, I just printed something onto Becca's printer. Would you bring that in for Tim, please? I just printed a great story for Tim. It's on Becca's printer. Thank you. Um, so, um... I, I don't even know what you would be spending your money on in Cuba. I think there's a whole lot of doesn't it's one of those things where the government kind of gives you whatever you want or yeah, slightly less communist thing. Yeah, you so eat the wallpaper <laughs> in the kitchen. Uh, paradise. <laughs> this is best linoleum ever. All right, uh, Raúl Castro. Just you're right. It's gonna, it's like your brain doesn't want to say it. I have eyeball of fish. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, before the week gets out, we should take some time and do do this thing here. Hold on, let Let's me. Let's do it right now. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if Richie can hear me. Richie Bristol. <laughs> Maybe his hat is on too tight. <laughs> I don't think he's Richie. If you can hear me, just flash the screen. Yeah. Can you go to Becca's printer and grab the story I just printed out? Uh, you'll know it when you see it, and uh, bring it in. Thank you. All right. So before we do anything else, uh, I want we had what with all the discussion of the listener party and then the Barack Obama song, and we'll get to that here in a while. Uh, it, it, lost in all of this has been this business of changing the station name, which we had some uh, discussions about last week because uh, we have uh, Solid State Radio. We decided we want to try to maybe get something that has the word talk in it. Uh, you know, so people who maybe aren't familiar with the station kind of know what we're doing, and so it's a little more descriptive. Blah 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 blah. We wanted to call the station PDX Talk. Uh, but we were. Why is he still wearing that hat? And he was holding the paper and chopsticks. Thank you. Okay. Uh huh. Oh Lord. Why do we work here? Um, I like the diversity. That <laughs> it is a very diverse workplace. It's not just a white man's world. In <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> um, so we wanted to call the station PDX Talk, but then uh, we were told by our lawyers that somebody else already uses PDX and that we could do it. But as John Bender said, I could do it, but then your effing parents would sue me, and I just don't care enough about it to get involved. Mm -hmm. So we can't say PDX, but we want to say talk. And so we had this whole discussion last week about what to call uh, the, the station, what the station names. And so I had the I had Max, the voice guy, uh, do a whole bunch of these, just voice uh, some. Some uh, some good, some bad, somewhere, you know, some, some in between. So this, in no readily apparent order... Uh, here's uh, our voice guy, Max, voicing uh, some of these uh, suggestions. Just I'll play these and we'll see how we am. Uh... AM 970. Go talk yourself. I don't even know who like suggested that. that one. Let's see. What else do we have? We have... Uh... AM 970. More talk, less filling. See, these are all mm. sort of okay, but really none of them... Uh... None of them are having a lot of pizzazz. Mm. Let's see. What else do we have? I think this was uh, Jason Crump from Vanished Twin. I think this was Jason's suggestion. AM 970. Talk back radio. AM 970. Talking to Portland. None of these are really doing it for me. No. no. Let's see. I haven't heard of these, by the way. This is the first time I'm hearing them. 
AM 970, the talk of Portland. Mm. AM 970, the voice of Portland. Mm. AM 970, we talk all day long. Mm -hmm. I don't care for that either. Mm -mm. No. Um. AM 970, we talk, you listen. See, I still I like, like that. I like that. I like, I like that, that better than the others. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I did have the... Uh... AM 970, hot Asian ladies. There you go. That's. I think I might throw that one in, you know. Just to rotate. Well, because as Tim said... It's no longer it's no longer an exclusionary world. No, this it is, is true. Yeah, ours is the radio station of inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Anyway, so there you go. So it, as the weeks go on, we'll maybe try to narrow that down to something. Tim, do you want to read this? The best story ever. Then we'll talk a little bit about this Barack Obama song. <laughs> now, see, I knew you'd like that. Do I know what you like or do I know what you like, Tim? Absolutely. After all these years, you bet. An Ohio man is arrested for having sex with a picnic table. An Ohio man is charged with four counts of public indecency after he admitted to having sex with his patio picnic table. <laughs> in Huron County. Where? Huron County. Where is that at? In Ohio. Oh. Are uh, we prepping for Florida? Yeah. The, yes, the authorities say that 40-year-old Art Price Jr. confessed to repeatedly having sex with the table between January and March of this year. <laughs> I wonder how he discovered that that, you know, how did he discover the pleasure inherent in that activity, do you suppose? Well, police in Bellevue, Ohio, were tipped off after someone anonymously taped one of the incidents oh, together, according oh, to the police. Oh, I didn't know there was film of it. However, <laughs> Price admitted he had sex with the picnic table both inside and outside the home. Well, you you know, variety. That's oh, So he would carry the picnic table inside and outside? Well, Sarah, might sometimes... Have both inside and outside. After a while in a relationship, you need to change things to keep it spiced Does up. it get to how one has sex with the picnic table? It doesn't. Uh, he has for $20,000 bail, though. Okay, so there you go. I knew I knew it was all worth it just to see your expression when you saw the headline. So he bought a picnic table. He humps the picnic table. Then took got, it inside. caught humping the picnic table, so now he has to pay $20,000. Isn't that his personal property? I mean, wouldn't he not be able to do that? Unless he's like unless like a minor or something. Maybe I don't, doing it? it might not have been a consenting picnic table. I don't know that the... Uh, the picnic I, table didn't say yes. The, the picnic table... The picnic table was asking for it. The... Legs all exposed. The uh, maybe it was that it's it was a outside. Tablecloth that that was alluring to him. <laughs> well, and if it was, well, I, now Sarah brings up a good point, which is what we have to tread lightly here. What what kind of a picnic table do you suppose this was? Because I immediately think of a knothole. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I think everyone does. But I mean, that's a but that's in a park though. Maybe it's a plastic picnic table. But see, in a plastic picnic table, maybe it's the place where you put the umbrella through. Did you really just make that hand gesture? Oh, no, I was. As though you were churning butter? No, um, I was putting the umbrella in. The oh, oh, the plate, the hole in the center. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose. That'd take some work, That's though. What was going on. Had to take some work. I regret everything. All right, let's uh, do a couple more. We'll talk uh, about this Barack song. Uh, Madonna works out to Britney Spears. In an interview, uh, Madonna has said she's a fan of Spears' Blackout album. I love Britney's new album. I listen to it a lot. In fact, she does more than just listen. I usually work out to her records, says Madonna. I do a combination of pilots and, oh, I guess that's Pilates and uh, dance aerobics. Madonna also got candid about Britney's ex, Justin Timberlake, who contributed to her new album, Hard Candy, that comes out April 29th. Earlier this month, it was revealed that Madonna had given Timberlake a B... Uh, oh, a vitamin B shot. I really thought you were doing something else. Madonna gave Justin Timberlake a B shot. <laughs> yeah, a B shot. Ah. A B shot. In the posterior. 
It wasn't so she could see her bottom, though, as he might have suggested. Wait, I don't understand. <laughs> Who did what? Madonna gave Justin Timberlake a vitamin B shot. In, in his ass? Yes. She did it herself? In the butt, Bob? Mm-hmm. All right. She said, the reason I gave him a B12 shot is because we only have a certain amount of days in the studio, and I didn't want him using that as a lame excuse not to come to work. But it had nothing to do with his butt, I promise you. Listen, I don't need to give him a shot to see his butt. And she has no plan to sing some of her classic songs ever, ever again. Like, I know she won't sing Material Girl. She will not sing Holiday or Like a Virgin ever again. Oh, I just are you kidding me? She won't sing Like a Virgin? Unless somebody gives me $30 million or something. I'm not going to do that. No. Uh, I know she won't sing Material Girl, which is fine. I'm sick of that song, but... Uh, but I, she won't sing that one. She plans to take her hard candy on the road for some shows in April and May. Well, okay. And I'm thinking about uh, doing a bigger tour at the end of the summer, beginning in the fall. But I'm not 100% okay. confirmed Can yet. I just say this? Let's just say what we're all thinking. And if we're not thinking, we ought to think it now. How great would it be to see George Michael opening for Madonna? Yes. What a great, how great would that idea. tour be? George Michael and Madonna. That would be, I mean, I'd pay whatever it took to see that. But his tour begins earlier, and it's over with quickly. You know who doesn't like George Michael? Who? Becca in KUFO Promotions. Court uh, was playing Freedom, the song Freedom by George Michael. Uh, not the Wham version, but the George Michael version. Uh, at just ear-shattering levels. And I walked in, and Chris Paddock was you know, into it. Fatboy was into it. We were all. And then Becca was the lone dissenter. Doesn't like George Michael for some reason. I just don't know what kind of a person doesn't like George Michael. Um, what hey, kind of a person, indeed? I really don't know. Uh, shall we uh, break here? Oh, yeah, I thought we were going to do our song. Well, we can talk about the Barack thing here. Well, I, okay, so here, here's the deal. So uh, Richie said that listeners are already calling up, and they're wanting to know, they're wanting to get a copy of the Barack Obama song so that they can then uh, begin sending it to radio stations. So... So I guess my thing, okay, so first of all, by the way, I played it for Timmy Ryan, and Timmy was very happy to, uh, he's a big fan of how it turned out. Sarah has also preemptively said that she will not be performing this ever, ever, ever. So we're going to fend, we're going to neutralize any of those questions right now. Not at the listener party, not this anything. Not ever going to be performed live by anybody. Um... Would Timmy Ryan sing it on stage? Timmy, oh, Timmy Ryan would do anything on Timmy, stage. Timmy, really, yeah, uh, honestly, Timmy Ryan would have sex with a picture table on stage. Timmy Ryan probably works on, stage. on the <laughs> weekend. Someday, we don't even know it. Yeah, Timmy Ryan, if he thought that there was, like, even a, a, just a, a tiny bit of attention in it for him, uh, I think, you know, uh, Timmy Ryan would probably eat one of his own feet on stage if we asked him to. So, and I mean that in the best way. So, the, the, so now that we've created this great, and by great I mean awful, here's how you know it's genius, is because it makes my skin crawl every time I hear it. Mm -hmm. Because it does sound just like one of those dopey political songs uh, that people... Uh, God, have you seen that one that Lisa was talking about earlier, the old women who were singing, like, It's Raining Men, but it's a thing about John McCain? Oh, yeah, Anderson Cooper showed it last oh, night. Oh, God, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but it's awful. So the goal is to see if we can get uh, some idiot radio station to play this, uh, embracing it as an actual Obama. Well, song. we need to make it's like just a cheeseball like group name. So what would this? So what would the group be called? Yeah, it's gold. I've examined the options. So we need to name it. On the political. The Obama Nuts. <laughs> the Obama Nuts. Um. No. Uh, <laughs> Just the, the Obama... Obama-rama. Obama-rama. Yep. Obama <laughs> no. Do we really think of something that's stupid at the same time? Oh, I hate me. Oh, Obama-rama. Okay. Obama-rama. And, of course, you don't want your name associated with it. No, I can have my name associated. I don't care. Featuring Sarah Dillon and Tim Ryan. Uh, Obama-rama. Obama 
And we'll just call it, if you like Barack Obama, just to minimize confusion. I know the song is really called Escape, but I mean, if you like Barack Obama, by Obama Rama. <laughs> um, all right, done and done. That was a lot easier than I thought it would be. So somebody had suggested, <coughs> pardon me. Somebody suggested we make a that we make a horrible YouTube like a um, slideshow. Oh, we must for it. So maybe I have a listener do and that. And we need to make a MySpace page right now for Obama Rama. Yeah. Um. So. And we but, can put this on there, and everyone can make it their MySpace songs. And then we'll make it downloadable. Yes, of okay. course. So because the goal here. Uh, is I sound like Mr. White. Uh, the goal, Jimmy, is touring. The goal is to see if we can get some radio station to play this, thinking it's a real song. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a parody, but, but thinking it's a real pro-Obama song. Um, and which should be pretty easy, because this is exactly the sort of thing that moronic radio shows like. Case in point, the fact that we're giggling at our own creation relentlessly. So, wait for it. If you like Barack Obama... That really is gold. I like how he really sells it here. But if you want a new direction and you're tired of the games, vote with me for Obama and be an agent of change. There's really nothing that can't be solved by any more reverb to a song. Uh, so I think, so we have next week, uh, these, uh, Star Wars giveaway packages, and it's the Star Wars trilogy, episodes four, five, and six on DVD. So if somebody can get this onto a, and it can't, uh, I'm going to make this one stipulation, it has to be a commercial radio station. A college radio station doesn't, it, that doesn't count. Uh, it, it can't, it has to be above 92 on the dial or whatever that, the, the breaking point there is. Uh, so this, like, it doesn't count, getting it on cable does not count. This must be on a, an actual radio station. Um, and if you can provide tape of this being played by a DJ um, for the first however many people, I mean, probably two, three, I don't know how many how many successes we'll really have with this, because getting it on tape will be the difficult thing. But if you can get it played on a radio station, you'll have our respect. If you can get tape of a real DJ playing this, though, uh, we will uh, hook you up with a copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. And I've got copy points on that that I'll read next week. Uh, so, Obama-rama. And we'll get a MySpace page uh, created for that, and we'll get it posted by the end of the day. Uh, so that'll be up before the end of the show. Obama-rama. Genius. Gold, Jerry. All right. Let's take a break, shall we? Around the corner, Tim Riley, more news. Later on, Chris Sneath, and with the top five Springsteen songs they never play on the radio. Scott Daly comes in to review 21 later on today. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, a bunch of other crap as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We return right after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Rick, cancel your dental appointment. Don't forget, your uh, x-rays taken to this dentist can always be used by the next dentist. Remember, these are your teeth, for Christ's sake. You're not buying a muffler. Listen to Tim. All right, fair enough. No, I've been convinced. I'm going to be moving off of this dentist, as they say. I know that he has whole family to feed, but still. Well, this is the dentist where the person called last week and said that they started cleaning their teeth without permission, right? And that they broke one of her teeth in half, allegedly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so here's the deal. Oh, well, let me uh, call Bridget about this. The Obama Ramas. The guy suggests if Obama Ramas taken. Good afternoon. Dave Zinn, how are you, sir? 
Hello. Hey. I'm great. Can you uh, uh, throw me over to Bridget? <laughs> Hi. I guess that's a yes. <laughs> he doesn't call. He doesn't arrive. He doesn't say goodbye. Hello, this is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. It's Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rick? Uh, we are dandy. Uh, okay, so we've got this Do You Like Barack Obama song. Oh, I know it. <laughs> so that's right, because you came out of the office. Bridget's, uh, her work What's is, the name of the song? Uh, if You Like Barack Obama. Okay. Yeah, Bridget got to hear me, got to. She was treated to hearing me work on that for like an hour last night. Um, so here's the deal. So uh, later on today, we're going to put it on the show's uh, MySpace music site. But for now, uh, we'll put it on the station site where the where folks can download it really easily. Yep. And then submit it to moronic radio stations. Um, so where will that be? I'll put it um, on the homepage under... As heard on. So if you go to the the brand new Rick Emerson, uh, brand new the, re, the brand new Rick Emerson section of the 970s, at the brand new 970 page 970.am, there is this section in the middle down toward the bottom where it says "As heard on the Rick Emerson Show," and that sort of is, is segments and whatnot from recent uh, episodes. So we'll put that there. Richie, I think if he hasn't already, he's going to point you to the MP3 or send it to you. Cool. And I think we are. Are we calling the band Obama Rama? Yes, 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 yes. All right. So the file itself should just be Obama Rama, if you like Barack Obama, and then it's the name of the song. We we don't want the file itself to say Rick Emerson or anything on it. Perfect. Can All you? Right. Excellent. You're you're the coolest. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Bridget. <laughs> Bye. Right, there you go. That's uh, Bridget from upstairs, our webmistress. Genius. And then, as Sarah pointed out, the great thing will be. Later on today, we'll put it on the MySpace profile, and we'll get to see uh, we'll see how many profiles it pops up on. Yeah, and how many how many listens it's had and everything. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh boy, your voice your your voice will be heard everywhere, Sarah. How exciting for me! <sighs> that was man, that was so difficult. That song is so high, and then trying to you see what I mean. Like it's, that, it's not as I easy as I could see how one. that would have been tough. It was vexing. It really was. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Who wants to go to the moon? Me. Sure. No, you got to be dead first. Oh. The moon will become the final resting place for some of mankind thanks to commercial service that will send human ashes to the moon. This company is pioneering the sending of cremated remains into space. They'll start its service to the moon next year. It costs $10,000. Why, that's almost as cheap as a regular burial place. It just seems like, I mean, how difficult can they just shoot you into the moon? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, I'm people working on this picture of a guy with a huge gun, and you're in a little cylinder. Bam! They just shoot you into the surface of a moon. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. So a moon rover will carry your remains and just spit you out on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> creepy. That's fantastic, Moon Rover. I barely knew her. <laughs> that is really creepy that you're being sprayed out of there like a guy with one of those seed things where he turns the crank and it uh-huh. sprays it everywhere. Uh, they're speaking <laughs> about uh, 100 capsules containing ashes to be launched in the first year. And uh, let's see, uh, target date is late 2009 or early 2010, and about 5,000 on future flights. The moon is a special place, uh-huh. adding a half dozen people have already signed up. A half dozen people. Have, yes, a half dozen people have already signed a up. A whole six people. Oh, get in line now. Uh-huh. This guy says, Rick, you're not thinking of your listeners. Your trip to the dentist this afternoon is more show prep. Come on, take one for the team. I suppose that is true in a horrific... Not a, there's no need for language, sir. Oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> okay. All right, would you like to... Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that, 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 no. Hold on. Let's take, let's take a breath now. This isn't the loading dock of the airways. <laughs> This isn't one of your card games, sir. Would you like to take another shot of this and let's all get a breath? You're saying right. what now? Well, Asians have been studying medicine for thousands and thousands of years before we have, so uh, 
I think I don't see why the pro what the, what's the problem with. They also want you to drink tea full of mold too, so I don't really know that I put a lot of stock in that. Well, it's not like you. I, okay, Dennis, I wouldn't go to English. What? All right, is that the end of your list? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it's not like he's English. Well, that's you know not, he's not England. Well, there's you know how the nothing Brits here. take care of their teeth? Let's back up for a second. Tim, your warning about the dentist was based on the fact that he didn't tell me what work I was going to have done, what I needed, and he didn't give me an estimate. Correct. This made you feel that in your, in your opinion, this seemed a little shady and possibly, uh, possibly indicative of maybe a, a disreputable uh, sort of place. Yes. I see what you're saying. It sounded like it was all because he's on 82nd, he's Asian. <laughs> I, would, I would not refuse to patronize a business because of the ethnicity of the owner, sir. I think we all know each other better the than that. The strip mall was a little off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all got to start somewhere. I almost worked at a radio station in a strip mall, so. I have to. Really? Right next to a place that served pizza slices. <laughs> I almost took a job in an Omaha strip mall. Omaha, Nebraska, right next to a Frogert shop. All right. Are you, are you afraid of the pain, or what is it that... Also, is that another reason why you don't want to go? Well, I don't think anybody looks forward to going to... Nobody does. I get to go to the dentist. Hooray! I don't think anybody does that. I mean, I went on a Monday. Right, here's the thing. I just... To recap a little bit, then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, I went to the dentist on Monday. Guy gave me the cleaning, which was horrific, by the way. Uh, and, you know, x-rays. And he said, oh, you have many fillings and, and so forth. And, uh, and and lest anybody think that I'm being uh, whatever, clearly uh, English, a second language, and I would uh, guess uh, a recently learned language. So uh, so it was a little difficult to communicate with him because, again, he was, he was speaking sort of very simply because he did not have, a, I would say, a, a very um, firm grasp of the English language. But that's fine. You assume medicine is sort of universal, like math and porn. And so... He says, well, you, you know, you have many cavities. You'll come back Friday. And I said, okay. And so we're, I'm out front. I'm just checking out the, the, the whatever. And But then Tim's, but see, I haven't been to the dentist since I was, I mean, it's been probably 15 years, 13 years since I went to the dentist. And every time I say that, Tim actually reflexively covers his mouth with his hand. Tim sort of, Tim sort of holds his teeth every time I say that. Um, but Tim said, well, did they give you an estimate? And I said, uh, no, was he supposed to? Yes. Did he tell you what you were going to have done? No, was he supposed to? Uh, did he explain how he'd do five fillings in an hour? No, was he supposed to? And after we got to, like, those three questions, it was Tim's estimation that I should find a different dentist. I regret. All right, so let's... Yeah, you probably do only a couple at a time, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, at this point, we're assuming. And we shouldn't be... <laughs> this is work inside somebody's mouth, and we're making assumptions here. <laughs> I would guess, Tim, that... Uh... All right, so no, no, no. It, obviously, in no way was it based upon uh, he, the, where he was located, where the he ethnicity. was from. Yes, in no way do I... look. Even let's... though our MySpace picture might... That's, uh, that's Richie, though. Richie's, that's Richie. Richie's he requested Asian. that. Richie is Vietnamese. He's allowed to do that. Um, He's but... not pretending to be Asian. He is. I mean, <laughs> Richie's pretending to be Asian. Richie's trying to pass for Asian. Hi, Ricky, Richie. Bye. <laughs> Too far. Yeah. You know what that was? He just errand right there. Mm -hmm. That was an errand. You know, up to the line. Oh, one step too many. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, a knight's suit of armor has been found, and police are hoping the owner of the suit of armor will come forward. So a policeman put this on. 
just so people can see what the suit of armor is, and it is the suit of armor of a knight with a shield. It was found in the Salem bus shelter at 6 a.m. this morning <laughs> at Wheatland Road North, just south of the Park Meadowview Drive Northeast. Uh, anyone uh, claiming ownership of the suit of armor or knows who the owner of the suit of armor is, please contact Officer Kevin DeMarco of the Carson Police Department. How would you just lose that? I don't know, but they had a policeman dress up in it. That's fantastic. Who would leave a suit of armor behind at a bus station? <laughs> Wouldn't you notice that you were missing that? Wait, hold on a second. I, uh, ah, crap. Well, maybe he assumed his secret identity when he humped aboard the bus. And had no other. <laughs> and didn't think ahead of time. I don't, I, save somebody's I, life. I don't have room to stash my superhero outfit. Somebody oh, just went to the bus station. Where would you even buy a suit of armor? Well, somebody did and left it behind. So somebody had to put this on to do some sort of handiwork. That is really cool. Maybe I that. you saved somebody's life. So the policeman oh, yeah. dressed up in the suit of armor. I'd like to put that on and just answer the door that way for so a while. So we're looking. We're looking for a knight. Oh, that's without really... his shining armor. A knight in shining... Without shining armor. I know, but I'm trying to... Okay, I got nothing. Yeah, that's really good. That's gold. Uh-huh. Well done. So you need uh, you need documentation of ownership for the suit of armor. Yeah, I would think so. Is there such a thing? I, I, I mean, well, somebody well, buys well, a suit of armor? Well, don't you suppose they custom make those? I suppose so. I mean, that's like... I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if you're going to buy... If you're going to buy but a maybe suit of he armor... He brought this from his Temple of Solitude... I think you're conflating about nine different things there. <laughs> I think you're thinking of whatever. The fortress. And, and, it, and, it's, and it's a temple, but I think you're thinking of like the Knights Templar, maybe? Oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking of that, no. I guess my point is, if you're going to pay the money to have a suit yeah, of armor no. made, that's got to be thousands of dollars. So I figure you would go the extra, pay the extra 10% and have it custom made to your body. It's amazing that they could find a cop who fit inside the same costume. So maybe it is the cop. Who maybe. doesn't want to confess to a secret maybe the, maybe the cop is secretly a knight in his off time. That's what I was thinking. That's a great point, because I I would almost guarantee that suits of armor, like if you're some Ren Fair guy, or some guy that, you know, like a Society for Creative Anachronism, one of those guys where they dress up like, you know, they're like Civil War reenactors, but with, uh, you know... Uh, you know, but with a lot of sir and milady. Aaron said that you can buy a suit of armor at Excalibur at the Lloyd Center. Excalibur? Oh, the, 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 the sword store. store. Yeah, but that's probably like a one-size-fits-all. Like, that probably didn't fit very well. And I noticed that this knight does not have a sword. No. Maybe he's a peaceful knight. Maybe. Maybe he's, uh... It's feel like they're puns that we're missing, but... I know. I, I wonder if maybe, maybe you're going to say this for, like, Wednesday or Tuesday. How much are you saying I'm end-of-the-weeking it? Yeah. Um, I'm, phone, I'm phoning it in here on a Friday. It's phoned in Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. So I wonder how much a suit of armor costs, and then... So did there has to be some other knight out there listening. Is right this cop the one who found the suit of armor? Uh, let's see here. It doesn't say whether or not it's him or not. This is like a Dexter thing where they found the suit of armor, and then he looks and he realizes it's his, and it's all very awkward. You could call Officer Kevin DeMarco if we should, you want to. We should totally do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, somebody says, Rick, I go to BarackObama.com blogs daily for updates on what's going on in the campaign. This is from a Barack Obama supporter. She says, I can post the Obama-Rama MySpace link there for those folks to see. That might help this thing get a bit more viral, best show ever. Well, then should we make a MySpace page for Obama-Rama? I think if we're going to do it... We, we need should, to go all the way. I think we should make it separate from the show. If we're going to have a MySpace, if we're going to put this on MySpace, in addition to the station... Because the station website will let it right now easily be downloaded for folks that want to give it to radio stations. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about two different things. One is getting it to a DJ, and that's easier, easiest done by just sending him an MP3. Because if you send a DJ to MySpace page, they're going to play it and figure out a way to record it or download it from MySpace. 
So we, it, it, the Barack Obama song uh, is or soon will be downloadable at AM uh, at 970.AM. That is for downloading and then sending to radio stations. And if you can get a tape of a radio station playing it, uh, we'll give you a copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. Um, the other thing we're talking about is the viral, the MySpace thing. I think we ought to go all the way and make it look like it's from a real supporter, not from us. All right, so what should the, the MySpace abbreviation be? Obamarama Music? Yeah, sure. Okay. Because that's a thing that's largely going to be linked to. When is the last time you went to a MySpace page by typing in the whole thing? Usually it's a link. Yeah. So I think that, that'll be fine. Obamarama Music. Okay. <laughs> and I just like to say Obamarama. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who this? Hey, Rick. It's Thomas. Hey, what's up? Uh, I got a bit of laryngitis, so bear with me, but I got a story from you. Can you speak uh, up, please? <laughs> I've got a story for you uh, that involves 1-800-TENNIS I thought you might find interesting. It involves, uh, it involves playing 100-TENNIS? 1-800-DENTIST. 1-800-DENTIST. Is, uh, is 1-800-DENTIST a business, Tim? I, I guess it's a referral. Are they an advertiser with us? No. I, I, not to my knowledge. All right. Go ahead. I needed a dentist because I had some awful tooth pain, and uh, uh, they referred me to this guy. He he tried to do a uh, – he said I, I needed a chiropractic adjustment on my jaw, and he, and he torqued it around for a little bit. And then he, he said, torqued it around. I had an adjustment on my jaw, and then he torqued it around for a little bit. That's another yeah. one that made both Tim and I go, ah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and this is a dentist. And then he tells me to put a uh, packet of mud <laughs> on the back of my watch to counteract the uh, the the – battery in my watch because my chi my 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 chi was off is what he said in reality i had a cracked tooth and i needed a damn crown <laughs> yeah he wanted you to put mud on your watch well it was a packet of mud and he said it was from the bottom of the Pacific did he Ocean. offer to sell you the mud no it was given to me at no charge <laughs> a value added kind of a thing yeah and after after that i uh, i went to a real dentist and got it fixed but uh i never would recommend 1-800 dentist ever in my life after uh. that all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. The sort of thing my wife would do when she's not busy drinking tea mold. Oh, God. And I, that tea that has been fermenting on top of our television was done uh, two nights ago. So she's in the kitchen. And this is my wife who, I love her, but my wife who nags me kind of frequently whenever she feels the trash needs to be taken out. And she'll say, you know, look, I, the trash kind of smells. Would you take it out? And so she's very, she, you know, very hypersensitive when anything in the kitchen smells kind of bad. And she'll sort of, you know, she'll sort of bug, bug me, because she does a lot of stuff around the house. And she'll bug me to clean the kitchen. And yet, she has this jar of crap just fermenting on top of the television. Yeah. And it was, she announced it. I don't even know how you know when it's done. She announced that it was done. To announce, oh, no, my moldy tea is finished. And, so and she, it starts to stink up the entire place, Oh, too. yeah. Oh, yeah, which she tried to blame on the trash, by the way. Rick, you need to take the trash out. Take the trash out, sweetie. It smells in here. I ignoring the fact that she's got some fermented, you know, mold sitting on top of the television in the living room, which really makes us look sophisticated, by the way. Nothing like when, the, you know, somebody comes over, what's that? Well, we're fermenting mold on top of the TV. It's like we're some sort of mama's family in hell. And uh, so she takes the top off the tea, and she's like, look at this mold on top. Doesn't that look good? And it's like, I'm just trying to watch TV and be left alone. Jesus. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's the idiotic criminal of the day. Two construction workers arriving at their job at Southwest 110th and Rockman Road in Wilsonville this morning encountered a male suspect overloading his compact truck with down Pacific General Electric power lines. I have a picture of this truck. Look, is it, that's oh, very inconspicuous, isn't it? That's going to get you pulled over from the Clackamas County, from Clackatraz, Oregon. Yep. 
So they apprehended the suspect. He is Justin <laughs> uh, Jason Nichols, who resides in Portland and has an established criminal history. So of his course. trick is overloaded with a stolen wire. It is one-inch braided PGE wire. Uh, reportedly, Nichols declared he was an employee of PGE and was taking this load of wire to a PGE lot. <laughs> well, he was transported instead to the uh, to the Clack, the Clack County Jail. And he's been charged with criminal mischief one, theft one, failing to obtain a metal purchase record, and a total bail of $33,000. Fantastic. That's, that's really wonderful. I mean, his trick is like overloaded. <laughs> I mean, he's dragging it down the street. <laughs> I mean, it's spilling off the back of the truck. <laughs> I mean, I can get away with it, <laughs> said the criminal mind. <laughs> who can get away with it? Who, who will notice? <laughs> it's great. Damn it, some bastard in Portland just right now registered Obama Rama music. All right, did you see Richie's registered one for you? Maybe it's Richie. Maybe that is Richie. I don't think so, but Richie also registered a different one. Okay. Uh, I'll forward you the email. Richie sent me a thing. He's like, hey, I just registered something. Uh, let's see here. I don't know where the hell I put it. Oh, um, it's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this. Hold on. It's, we'll wait. One second. Take all the time you need. Thank you. Sarah, he registered MySpace slash... Okay, cool. But I don't know if that's a music site. So you might want to... I'm trying to figure everything out. This is very... It's not easy to do what we're doing here. This is, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson really Show. Hey, he, Rick, might have, he might have been the guy who registered that. Though. Hello, hi. Hey, Rick, this is Charlie. And uh, I wonder if Richie just uh, registered the one I suggested to him. Uh, you guys know how smart radio people are and how easy it is to trick them. Yes. How about Obama Nation? It looks okay if you just look at the words, but if you say abomination, would that be tipping your hand a little bit too much? Well, I think that I think that that's already taken. Oh. And that's uh, Tim Riley came up with that phrase some time back. I created it and it was stolen nationally. It was stolen I, by Lars too, incidentally. You came up with it and Lars Larson started saying and I, it. And I and I I was getting dog food, and I must have stolen it from no. Tim through the air. No, it's uh, as everybody does. That's okay, sir. We are happy to be the source of show prep for all other radio programs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Lars Larson, who is a real man's man, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Audi. Hey, is there a Ren Fair around that I didn't hear about somewhere? Uh, you're talking about the suit of armor? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We, we figure it's one of those guys or like one of those Society for Creative Anachronism guys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, anyway, uh, I got a uh, uh, cheer for your dentist. Instead of just canceling your appointment, mm -hmm. just go there and ask him what he plans on doing, and then tell him if you want it done or not. Well, it is also still the end of a Friday. That's true. I After mean, six. So is that what's causing? Is that how much of your suspicion, Tim, is based on the fact that it's Friday at six o'clock? A good part of it. <laughs> but I mean, don't you figure that a lot of businesses? You know, uh, the, the business day is 9 to 5, so if those people need dental work done, don't you figure a lot of healthcare places now must sort of stay open later to handle folks who can't get out of work until 5 or 5.30? And my old dentist used to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, you know, not everybody can take time off in the middle of the day to go to the dentist. I, I would, I would, I mean, I certainly I wonder how much time the dentist took off during the day. <laughs> for his, for his lunch, mm -hmm. his mini martini lunch. All right, thank you. Yeah. Bye. Um... Hey, uh, Richie Bristol, did Chris Neiden ever show up? He's, he's in the to... kitchen. Oh, well, no one tells me. I had no, I had no idea. Uh, so I was going to say, he's supposed to be here half an hour ago. Oh, sorry. I think he's been sitting in there for like a half oh, an hour. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. And here he is. No one told, no one told me. I... Why don't we get this last break out of the way? All right. We're going to take on. a break here. We'll come back with Chris Neiden, who has a Springsteen top five for us. 
Don't go anywhere. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up, more from Tim Riley, Chris Neath around the corner, Scott Daly, and more from deep within Obama Nation. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. I recently went to a bargain dentist, told me I had three cavities needed fillings, and a fourth that was questionable. Turns out I only had one. All right. Well, yeah, consider that canceled. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, without... Oh, let me... uh, I'll go ahead and bring him on here. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... Only out for a buck. I'm trying to find the hook, but I didn't know where it was. Reading Craigslist online And in the personal section You know this pose caught my eye If you like Barack Obama From onthevig.com, it's Chris Sneathan. Hello, sir. And I do like Barack Obama. Yes, I know you do. This is going to be your theme, by the way, from now until whenever. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Let's see. I'll hand this to you. All right. My apologies. Apparently, you've been sitting in the kitchen for like 45 minutes and no one told me you were here. Richie usually types it. But there's been a lot of excitement about getting the Barack Obama song posted. Well, so. there was a whole lot of moving parts in that whole transaction. The best part is how apparently at one point they brought Scott Daly in to the green room, like right past you, and just left you sitting there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing no, it was near awesome. you. <laughs> uh, so Springsteen tonight. Uh, yeah. Now I missed I I missed the the thing in the opening segment. Are you going? No. You're not going. No. No, I talked to my wife about it. Well, first of all, I had still at that point planned on going to the dentist. And I thought, do I want to go to the dentist? God only knows what they're going to do to me and right. how long it's going to take. And then do I want to go with a mouthful of throbbing teeth, be in a room full of pounding music sure. and whatever. And that makes me sound old, but I was like, you know, I, I, I don't think so. And then and I thought, well, how much is it? And I looked at them, the tickets are like 125 each. Yes, they are. And I thought, no. No, I mean, if it, the dental work or the price... Well, no, Either, I, but both no. Sure. I, and the last time I have to tell you, the last time my wife and I paid two fifty, it was to see Paul Simon, and right. that was like the biggest waste of money, yeah, ever musically speaking. Yeah. So I'm gonna pass. So this is how many Springsteens for you? This will be number six. And that's uh, who is it, who is your most frequently seen artist? Is it him? Uh, him and probably Bare Naked Ladies. All right, uh, Sarah, your most frequently seen artist in concert. Mm, I saw Face to Face a bunch of times. Oh, that's right. You were kind of, yeah, you were really into those. Yeah, I mean, I still am. They don't play so many shows anymore because they're not together. Uh, All right, so you are now with, uh, this is actually, it's interesting that you brought this top five and you suggested this because I had, independent of you suggesting this list, I had a couple other listeners who sent me like, hey, here's the top five, like one guy, this guy, Matt, who is a huge Springsteen fan, dropped me off a bunch of Springsteen to listen to, actually. Right. Um... He made this list. It was the top five Springsteen songs that don't have "Born" in the title. You know, ba- right. basically, you know, just the not not the same old uh, stuff that's just been played to death. Right. So right. you have now brought us what? These are the top five Springsteen songs not played on the radio that you're not likely to hear on the radio. These are all clean, of course. Absolutely. He doesn't traffic in blue language. He typically. does not. He uh, he works it clean. Yes, he does. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's roll the top five uh, Sneathan style five, here for the upcoming four, Springsteen show tonight. Three, two, one, fire. Wonderful counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. 
Happiness counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Don't you? you. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your top five. Chris Neven from OnTheVig.com presents now to you the top five Springsteen songs you are not likely to hear played on the radio. Honorable mention is Blinded by the Light from Greetings from Asbury Park and Jay. Honorable mention because, indeed, you do hear this song on the radio all the time, but it's man version. version. Okay, I have to ask it. How does the line actually go? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's rolled up like a deuce in the Springsteen tune. But now, what is rolled up like? What does that even I, mean? You know, I don't know. It's like a card, a car? Couldn't tell you. I just listened to the song. Uh, I, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not a good analyst. I, I couldn't tell you. Everybody tried to figure out the opening line here. He talks about uh, the Indians. And everybody tried to figure out for years and years and years what that was about. And then he revealed it on his uh, The Artist Speaks thing on VH1 a couple of years ago. It was actually his Little League baseball team. Really? Yeah. And so everyone's trying to read all this stuff right. into it. He's like, it's my Little League baseball team. I like it when when there are things that are blown into a huge, you know, they're made epic over the years. Right. And then you realize later, it's like, oh, I couldn't find anything else that rhymed with change. <laughs> So what is the deal? So, to the best of your knowledge, did he, was this record out and they heard it and covered it, or did he write it for them and then do it himself? He put it out and then they covered it. Okay, because that's like that thing with Hungry Heart, you know, where he wrote it for the Ramones. Really? Yeah, Hungry Heart was written for the Ramones. He uh, he ran into Joey Ramone at one point, uh-huh. and they were talking, and he apparently had loved the first Ramones album. Mm-hmm. And Joey said, kind of jokingly, "You got to write a song for us." And he wrote Hungry Heart. Landau heard it and was like, uh, no, 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 you're, you're keeping that one. Earning his 10%. Right. Uh, yeah, Springsteen himself tells that. That's in the liner notes for the greatest hits record. He tells oh, okay. that story. So, All right, these are the top five Springsteen songs ye won't hear on the radio. Number five, Backstreets. And this is from uh This from is from record. Born to Run. Um... I mean, he's obviously he's a he's a great storyteller. The problem is with the radio stuff is it's not radio friendly. Right. You know, you're not going to. There's no anthems and um, there's no anthems on this list. And I saw a thing a couple of years ago, and it was what makes a rock anthem. And I I wish I could find the thing, but it, they actually sat, sought to break down, you know, what separates um, like Born to Run or Badlands from. Uh, actually, the song would be number one on the list. Why is that an anthem and, and others are not? And why? What makes it? Like I said, what makes it an anthem? Can I just say for a second? I can though, say anthem how, eight times in a sentence. How much though? How much of a connection is there between Bruce Springsteen and Jim Steinman? I mean, really? Right. Totally. And I don't think one is obviously ripping off the other. They both just come from the same place musically right. inside. Right. Um, and I do believe a lot of the East Readers played. On Battle of the Hell, maybe? I think Battle of the Hell had some... I think Max Weinberg actually might be the drummer on that. Could be. This is a great song. I love this already. Did you ever listen to Arcade Fire at all? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've been What is that? Yeah, they, Neon Bible is the mm-hmm. one that sounds a lot like Spring. There was an interview in, Spr- in Spin a while back where the lead singer from Arcade Fire interviewed Springsteen. And it was sort of like a legendary interview. It was like... Yeah, because they, they yeah, have no problems with right. what huge fans of his they are. Right. And there was an article in, in A&E this morning where they went through, like, the top five or six current acts right now that are direct descendants of Springsteen. And Arcade Fire was mentioned, and then Hold Steady, which is one of my favorite bands. Uh, I uh, saw a video. You talked about those guys, and I went and watched one of their videos, which is yeah. really great. Uh, there's also a band called... Um, 
Mara, M-A-R-A-H. Okay. They had a, an album called 20,000 Streets Under the Sun, I think is what it was called. A lot like this, kind of the, you know, the big epic out here on right. these, in this dirty hometown, blah, blah, blah. Right. The, the thing about Springsteen music is when I hear it, it makes me feel guilty for not knowing it or, or knowing more about it. Right. I just feel bad. I feel like I'm a bad music fan for not really being, having more Springsteen knowledge. I just feel like there was only so many hours in the day. Right. And I missed Springsteen somehow, and I feel guilty about it. I really do. Well, and honestly, as big as a Springsteen fan as I am, I mean, like I said, this is be my sixth time, maybe seven tomorrow night. Who knows? Um, as big of a fan as I am, you know, I am only scratch the surface as far as what the, the canon is. Mm. Top five Springsteen songs you will not hear played on the radio. Number four, Atlantic City off of Nebraska. Uh, now, this is a record that I love. See, uh, Nebraska is one that I never could get into. And um, if you read, was it Dave Marsh that wrote Glory Days? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, reading Glory Days back in the day, he talks about... Uh, you know, Nebraska was basically a demo for the Born in the USA sessions, and it didn't work when they tried to put it in with the band. Um, the reason I put Atlantic City in here was because my very first exposure to it actually was during the 92 tour with the, uh, they're now um, referred to as the Renta Band. And uh, they played Atlantic City, but they played it with the full band. Yeah, the electric and version. It, yeah, and it, it exploded. And I was like, what in the heck is this? I need to go back and find it. And then I heard this, and I was like, how well, do you get that out of this? And supposedly there's a whole version. There's Electric Nebraska is in the vault somewhere. The whole album done electrically. And they just They didn't work, and they went back and they did something which is unheard of. They took, like, literally the demo cassette that Springsteen had recorded at his house. Four-track whatever in and his bedroom. And they made that the master and released that as a record, which right. just isn't done. Right. And it's great. If you listen to Nebraska, you can hear at some point his chair squeaking. Oh, you can hear cars go by. Yeah, you can hear. Really? I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. You can, okay, so you can hear that. You can hear he repeats whole lines sometimes because it was just a demo. Right. And, the, and they'd heard the demo like, this is it. Right. This, this album has the song Used Cars. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things I ever heard by Springsteen. I remember heard, I heard Used Cars and it just like, it just gave me chills. Right. It was just devastating. Right. And this is probably next to um, probably next to the river. It's the it's the album that I've spent the least amount of time with. Oh, it's bleak. It's yeah. It's I can't do that. <laughs> Counting down the top five Springsteen songs you will not hear played on the radio. Number Christina. three, she's the one. Uh, this is from the river. This is from Born to Run. Born to Run. See, I don't know what I'm talking. I got nothing. <laughs> I have one nothing. Of, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, one of very. To just it's, to go away. Yeah, it's frozen. Oh. I can always play the uh, Barack Obama song against Trump. All right, number two, Bobby Jean. Are we moving on? <laughs> it, yeah, totally skipped Well, let's that pause one. it for a second here. Let me try one more time. If, it, if it doesn't come up, we'll just give a brief... Uh, She's the one oh, is from... It? Is it there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, here it is. Okay, here How can I have such a fancy studio and such a crappy CD player? And I keep meaning to, like, uh, yeah. do something about that, and then I don't. Well, and it could have been my iTunes. It's your fault, Chris Steven. Could well be. It's my disc. Bringing faulty discs here. Oh, that's right. She's the one. She's the one from Born to Run. Uh, my favorite track from that uh, album, uh, by far. Um, friends who've known me for a long time, and actually one of them contacted me after my last appearance on the radio show. Hello, Matt Tucker. Um, know that I have had a uh, a thing for redheads back. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back to uh, high school, and it's, it's actually a song about a redhead. And so, is this about? You hear that thing about Springsteen? About, are they about specific girls? You always hear that thing about 
uh, Born to Run, where I was sort of like, depending, as he was writing the song, the Wendy name kept changing to other girls, depending on who he was, and it's probably not See, true. again, uh, you know, so much of the legend, I it's who knows. Where, I mean, yeah, you know. it's... Yeah, so, anyway, uh... This is a gorgeous song, and it's one of the, one of my favorites that I've never heard live. He's been playing it. This has been in the set list on this tour, and I'm Hoping. completely geeked about it. Yeah. Well, it's he's the thing is, is he's got he'll play what 23, 24 songs tonight. A third of them he'll rotate, right? And two thirds of them are pretty consistent. Is this a consistent and this one? This is a consistent ah. one, and that's been yeah. And so, like I said. I'm totally excited about that. Hopefully he gets this, and then because of the night in her, my two, uh, she's the one I think is going to get played. Because of the night, he plays every probably fifth Maybe he'll show. just play Magic front to back. Yeah! Boy, we could hope so. You know, I'm, I've become almost almost a fan of that particular record. I put it back in on Monday, and I figured it out. It's a summer record. And he made the mistake of releasing it the first week of October. This is how revisionism starts. This is how the lies that we tell ourselves. No, no, no. He's a good man, <laughs> no, but he's okay. sober. <laughs> Counting on the top five uh, Springsteen songs you don't hear on the radio. Bobby Jean from uh, Born to Run. It was there. It played earlier. Yes. No, no, no. It'll, it'll, we'll get it. Just, uh, <laughs> the thing is, you got to relax and let it happen naturally, Chris, if you focus on it. I see. If you focus, it doesn't happen. you got to relax go. and it'll, it'll flow naturally. This is a great song. This is a sad ass. This song depresses me every time the I hear it. The whole album, if you think about it, is a depressing album. And that's part of, I think, so many... You know, you've got Born in the USA on there, um, which is a protest song. You've got uh, Glory Days, which is two guys going back into a bar and right. sitting there and drinking and just talking about high school. High school. Yeah. Um, and then Dancing in the Dark, which... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make My of that song. My hometown is... You know. Yeah. And so... Um, he played this in 96 to Schnitzer, um, and as I recall, actually played it just walking off the stage. I mean, that was like... Really? That was it. Good night. I'll That's see you later. Cool. And Yeah, and so that was really... That was really cool. So anyway, this is... Um, everybody knows uh, every other song on... Born in the USA, but there's two or three. Cover Me is another one that's one of my favorites. And another one about, the, you know, you talk about the legend and the truth and whatever. I have always heard, this story sounds like it's about a girl. Right. Where he goes by her house and her mother, she's gone. Right. And he has, he has that, it just makes me so sad, that line where he says, um, he was talking about like when she's in another town, whatever, and she right. thinks of him. I hope that you hear this record on the radio. Yeah. And, yeah. and he says, uh, you know, goodbye, good it's, luck, yeah. I, I miss exactly. you, Bobby Jean. Yeah. But I heard it was about Van Zant leaving the group. And again, who knows? Only yeah. Springsteen knows. Right. Could well be. But but yeah, I mean, this is one of those songs that takes me right right back to high school and those friendships that you swore you would have forever and then right. three weeks later were just gone. Yeah. Matt Tucker. Uh, great sound. I mean, I know yeah. a billion books have been written about that, but just that big Phil Spector sound that he's got. One of the first up-tempo Springsteen songs I ever heard was Ramrod, right. which I know Peter Carlin hates, uh, <laughs> and so I mention it a lot just to bug him, but I remember hearing the song Ramrod, and it just had that huge, like they were all in a big warehouse, right. playing at once with that big echo, and right here this has it too, just that glittering, crystalline, booming sound. Somebody once described it as a, a Buick running on melted-down crystals records, which is gorgeous and right. There you go. Counting down the top five Springsteen songs you never hear on the radio. This is Chris Neathan from OnTheVig.com giving us number one. Oh, come on. There it is. If you liked Ramrod, you'll like I'm a Rocker from the River. Yeah. 
a song that uh, again the river I'm not as a record I'm not all that familiar with I know you know the big hits obviously I'm a rocker um, has been played what like a half dozen times literally since 1985 and for a great tune like this I can't believe that he just he shelved it. No, and that's the thing about twenty-five a, years. A guy, he's like Dylan, you know, where his catalog is so deep. Right. I mean, Bob Dylan's written seven thousand songs. Right. And I mean, he's not going to get around. Yeah, he can play for ten hours and then right. get to a third of it. Right. Mm. Boy, how great but is that? There's a. Yeah, and there's a moment in the show when, you know, he's going to have the entire crowd in his hand and just eating out of their hand, and this is one of those tunes where you can just see that... You can see how great it would be. Yeah. You can see how great it would be yep. if he played it. Yep. And occasionally it's great when you go to see a, a band and they roll out a song that you had always hoped they would play, but you didn't think they would play. Right. And they just roll it out. You kind of go, is it? Yeah! <laughs> you know, and it's right there. You're like, come on! And it's just, and, you know? Exactly. Oh. That's beautiful. It really and, is. See, and I don't, why is this never fun on the radio? Because it's, e- it's a lot easier to play Born in the USA again. Or Born to Run. Ugh. All right. On the vig.com. Thank you. Writings, observations, philosophy, musings, etc. Chris Neathan, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming in. Sorry you had to wait there. Thank you for having me. Back after this with Scott Daly, more of Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up here in just a few. Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. And I think, I'm not entirely sure, I think the Barack Obama song is now posted in at least one place. I'm not sure. Yeah, if Richie it's, said uh, he was going to get it to me, and I don't see it. Is it uh, coming together on the MySpace as well at some point? Uh, we'll check that in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Wildly thieves have hit a Portland light rail project, taking more than $100,000 in tools, machinery, building materials. The project that goes along I-205 is aimed at expanding mass transit to Portland's east side and the suburbs beyond. Well, apparently, these are bold thieves. Early last week, for example, a trailer containing $30,000 worth of equipment used for laying track was stolen. Wait, is this, wait, is this for the project that's going to link us to Gresham? Yeah, we're going to bring all these kind of people who are stealing all these things closer to downtown. So really, we don't even need the light rail. All we have to do is put something valuable downtown, and people from Gresham appear to steal it. Yeah. Okay. These are the kind of people we want to bring close to downtown. <laughs> By all means, let's get, that, our establishment. let's get that track completed now, whatever we do. Jesus. So, uh, uh, apparently so. So, builders expect this. The spike again in the coming months when they begin to lay down. Copper wire. <laughs> yes, copper wire. Sometimes you can How just... many days do you think this thing is going to be operating? I know one. Once they start lying down the copper wire in Clackamas County, to Portland. <laughs> Seriously, people. <laughs> Why don't they just build the track out of out of money? That's I mean, true. really, just build the track out of tightly rolled $100 bills. And then leave it unattended. Uh, joining us now is uh, Scott Daly. As we uh, plunge on ahead with headlines... Hello, Scott Daly. Hello there. You got your uh, vacation 
So Every, everything going on. <laughs> yeah, because right. in flannel Wearing, and like, beard. long underwear and a flannel <laughs> shirt. And that's why I said Helen's shirt, I unshaven, call Unshaven. So, right. uh, that's how I roll. You know, I'm really excited. I forgot to mention this last week. Uh, I've got 12th row tickets for Duran Duran in Seattle at the end of April. Are you going with pants? No, but she's got 11th row. Oh, so my gosh. We get there, we're probably going to hang out. Going, oh, Amanda Pants. Amanda yeah. Pants. Like, are you going with pants? No. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I'm so used to calling her you that You did thing. hear what happened at the recent concert in... Uh, where was it? Was that where one of them drunkenly walked off and a Duran Duran concert? There was some yeah. debacle that happened. Yeah, there's a huge fight on stage, right? A, a forgotation of the lyrics. Yeah, somebody forgot the lyrics, and then like some one of them was like, "F this," and walked off and was all angry. <laughs> Maybe you'll get to see that. So. Oh, that'll be fun. Well, that's why they always try out those things in other countries, right? Right. right. You know, and that's why bands are like, "We're doing a brief Japanese tour before we come to America," and that's because like if it, if it implodes, you want it to happen somewhere else. Yeah, that yeah. that would be that would be kind of funny. This is the closest I've sat to drag. Well, I've sat third row once, now twelfth row, so I'm Excellent. pretty excited. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, it. Uh, how come I can't hear myself all of a sudden? Oh, no, I can't. Okay. Time for the geek wash. <laughs> <laughs> now it's too loud. <laughs> In the Queen's Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all. Okay? How you doing up there? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering Poor if Tim. Flex, so just listen, Tim just shook his head so Bugs Bunny style. Flux. He just so did so I, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. You got it? Here's your uh, geek watch with Tim Riley. The truth about the X-Files sequel, some of it anyway, is out there now. Ugh. The creator, Chris Carter, says writer Frank Spotnitz, another crew members... <laughs> that sounds like a made-up name. Captain Wednesday to discuss the TV series <laughs> and to classify some information is, about the upcoming Is film. Clinton Spilsbury going to be co-writing it? <laughs> the popular Fox paranormal drama, which aired from 1993 to 2002... Starring mm. David Duchutney and Gillian Anderson as FBI agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. While this is not a mythology movie, it is true to everything that comes before, said Spotnitz. <laughs> at the William S. Paley Television Festival, <laughs> Spotnitz. <laughs> Spotnitz. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like... Spotnitz sounds like it was some ancillary character in like a Stan Freeberg no, radio that. drama. We need that, uh, that sound again. Boop. Yeah, oh, the Sputnik. Phase 2 of the oh, Russian space I'm program. Sorry. Well, uh, you know, I wasn't even thinking. I'm sorry, Tim. That you was can tell it's Friday. It's my fault. Nobody's uh, nobody's on their game today. I don't even know where my Sputnik sounds. And you know, Julian Anderson is still hot as balls. I suppose. Yeah, no, I just don't care about an X-Files. Come movie. on. I don't even know where my... Yeah, my Sputnik is gone. <gasps> I have Sputnik. I have no Sputnik. I don't know Capture where I went that one. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> well, that's too bad. He's lost his Sputnik. How about Barack Obama? Do you still have It's true to Mulder and Scully who they are and where they would be at this point in their lives and all the experiences that they've had. The film is due out July 25th. And they're tight-lipped about the title. I, uh, Have you guys Tim, seen the, the poster for the X? It's for the a movie? cool poster. No. Yeah. I just posted Does it, it look cool? Like, Tim, yeah, that's it. Tim, oh, did it. Oh, them standing, making oh, a shadow. Cool. How cool is that? Oh, who's that? That's, that's really awesome. cool. That's a poster for the film? Yeah, for the X. That's a teaser poster? Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's very cool. I just... Uh, yeah. I just don't I, want it to suck. I, I, mean, I like how Tim's Tim's headline was uh, film details, but they're really... No, it starts... It, there's really Scorn no detail. But, yeah, I was going to have him. Has David Duchovny and Julian Anderson. Right. Wow. So, uh, I mean, it's interesting, though, because David Duchovny has actually had a fairly successful career yeah. since The X-Files. Julian Anderson, hit or miss. But what has Chris Carter done since then? Anything? 
No. So is this like a little going back to the well? Is this like a well? He, he did, house he, payment time. He produced the millennium, millennium, but that was around the same time. X-Files. Yeah, but millennium, but I mean, that was the last two years. Yeah, exactly. maybe. Yeah, but so I think since then, nothing. This might be a little bit of a, like an alimony thing that uh, you know somebody's got to pay. Some, baby needs uh, new shoes, kind it, of a thing. Needs some new diapers. All right. That's the end of it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge. Didn't realize my fault. A weird vibe in the air here. Loneliness and There's uh, well, it's that Obama thing, is, and my dental work has got us all frazzled. <laughs> so, and so the rush to get the Obama song on the uh, on the net so that we can begin inflicting it on radio stations. All right, here's Tim Riley. A fast food cook and Seattle Seahawks fan has been accused of spitting on a hamburger ordered by a man wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers attire. The 37-year-old customer, who was with his daughters at the event, uh, repeatedly traded with remarks with an employee about Super Bowl XL, in which the Seahawks lost to the Steelers. When the customer opened up his food container, he said there was spit on the burger. He demanded a refund and called the fast food outlet's district manager. A 24-year-old man might be responsible the next day the deputies went to his house and smelled marijuana. The man was released after being booked for investigation of fourth-degree assault and possession of marijuana. Can I just say the that for, for being basically just water, spit is really gross. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying stating the obvious here, but it seems like it's much grosser than it really ought to be. You shouldn't find it as vile as you well, do. It's all foamy and... Oh! Yeah. <laughs> foamy. And coming from your inside. Oh, can I just tell you this? I don't like so I was... No, I was... Uh, I forget where I was. I was buying... Uh, Found like a slice of pizza. It might have been an oasis, that place on Hawthorne. Uh-huh. I found like a slice or something the other day, and I'm walking, and I was going to eat it. I had some errands to do, so I'm going to stopped and got it to go. Walking out, and as I'm walking out of the sidewalk, I'm walking down, and there's like a big thing of spit, obviously just uh, spat, right in the middle of the sidewalk. Right gross. as I'm like lifting it to my mouth, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to have this That's pizza. Hawthorne for you. Yeah, totally. And then my eye connects with the spit, and I'm like, uh, I'll wait. And I had to wait a good three or four minutes. Oh, hey, so I think this is hello, Justin. What's going on, Rick? Justin, how are you, sir? I am well. I am in L.A. I just had a delicious In-N-Out burger, and I have seven greeting cards that I got for the uh, <gasps> for the day and the prison greeting cards. So these are the, squares. the prison greeting cards about which there was much mirth and merriment uh, earlier oh. in the week. So you are in L.A. Where did you find them? Okay, well, it was a, we, there's the four locations listed on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a hell of a time yesterday trying to find it. Found one of them today, and it was in a neighborhood um, that maybe I would call. I guess that neighborhood to LA would be as Gresham is to Portland. Well, of course. Maybe. That's you know. Yes, that's understood. And it was in a bookstore that. Um, what kind of bookstore was it? Well, it was it was a you know bookstore, not with any type of bad literature, but literature that would probably be along the terms of kill the white man literature, maybe. <laughs> so. So it was a little store, awkward. What sort of um, bookstore are you going to, sir? What, <laughs> I was. What, I mean, so okay. So you go into a store that has um, some controversial or uh, inflammatory literature that they're selling. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. All right, but and then, then they're it, selling. It to, yeah. Now, how many varieties of the prison cards uh, did they have? There was more than that was on the website. <sighs> really? And a couple of them, and because there's a lot of them that are kind of like, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, you're in jail, you know, <laughs> which is in of itself funny. But they actually tried to make like some funny ones. Like I don't want to spoil it all for you, but you have to please now. You have to tell us one. You have to tell Just us one. One okay. of the cards okay. that wasn't on the website. So you have to understand the front of the card. It's a bunch of barbed wire on the top, 
It's got a picture of a rose that has like a barbed wire stem. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> you open it up and it says no bail with dollar signs. Premature birth is. And I'm going to read this verbatim, Rick. Okay. Yikes. I heard. Your bail is pretty steep, dog. G A W G. Of course. <laughs> Woo! Wish I could help. You know me. Still broke. What can I say? <laughs> oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. Just keeping it real. Sorry about that. But hey, I'm thinking about you, though. Give me a buzz. Oh, yeah. Watch your back. P.S. You're not missing much on the outside. And in huge letters, psych. We are having big fun. Peace. <laughs> why would you why would you send that to somebody? That's just mean. By the way, I'm well, humping I your mom. Send it to somebody, but Jeez. you know. Is that like if you're trying to prompt a bedsheet suicide or something? <laughs> you gotta you gotta bring those in when you get back to town. Yeah, no, I I, I will be back uh, Monday night. I got seven of them for you. They are all gold, and it was just so hard. So we went in there. My wife was like. You do not laugh. You do not say anything. Buy these cards and oh, no. get out. You buy them straight-facedly and then run. Don't run. Look obvious, don't look at I mean, anybody. It, and, of course, we're from Oregon, so we have no tan, so we really look like we don't belong anywhere. So. Did you find any of the um, thank you for coming to court cards? No, they didn't have those. I mean, oh. there, was, there was the Christmas one that was the best one, I thought. The, uh, you know, who's been naughty or nice? <laughs> we know which one you chose. <laughs> they didn't have that, so I was, oh. I was kind of bummed about that. Excellent. It's well... Like, Go ahead. So good. Uh, we're so looking. So we're go. looking forward to seeing them. I'm glad you had an In-N-Out burger for us too. Uh, it was it was ecstasy, and I'll probably have many more before this trip is over. Good for you, my friend. Mm. All right, when are you back? I am back Monday night. I will call you or email you when I get back, and we'll uh, we'll set up something for next. All week. right, travel safe, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All have right, a good one. There you go. That's that guy, Justin. All right, excellent, fantastic. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven. Top of the hour, the way through, like us. Okay, so you're not reviewing 21 with Kevin Spacey. I am not. Which I heard was crap anyway. I've heard it's crap. I've read the book. The book is great. It's a fascinating book. I mean, I'll still see it, uh, but I've heard oh, it's, it's not very DVD. good. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard the first half of 21 is great, and then I've heard the second half is sort of crap. And that commercial for the trailer is just so grating when he's just like, don't call me dude. I hear that every yeah, time. Yeah, Spacey like, trying to be a little pissy and funny, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it I saw the, uh, yeah, the book was really good, mm-hmm. and I got kind of a weakness for casino movies oh, and I movies that show how things are done, like a movie that shows how a scam is done or how a trick is done. Yep. I'm a sucker for that. Uh, Heart 8 is another movie that's oh, great for yeah. that reason. But uh, I'll see it, but I heard it's not very good. What, what, but you do have actual reviews. I do. I actually have two reviews. I'll make them short and sweet. We talked about them a few weeks ago when I was in, and uh, my sh- our Film Fever Radio two weeks ago had, had interviews with both filmmakers of these films. Uh, the first one was Stop Loss, which opens today. It stars Ryan Felipe, uh, written and directed by Kimberly Pierce, who also did Boys, Boys Don't, Don't Cry. Cry. And uh, she's been working on this film for a good six years. Her brother enlisted in the Army after 9-11. And uh, when he got back from his tour of duty, he showed her all these YouTube-type videos that her, he and his Army buddies put together talking about their experiences at war, what's it like in Iraq, things like this. A lot of stuff I didn't think the soldiers could do. Right. You know, I thought there'd be a lot of, a lot of Department of Defense uh um, censorship going on or something like that, but they're free to do whatever they want. So, so she, he got back and he showed her all this stuff, and it kind of got her uh, the idea about a film to make a film about the Iraq War. That's not about the war specifically. It's about the soldiers and the families of the soldiers right. and, and the people it affects and their friends. And then on top of that, coming back from doing your tour of duty, thinking you're done with the army, your contract fulfilled, you're done. And getting stop loss back into Iraq. Right, we get sent back for another. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a really really personal, very very good film. Um, 
And it was, it was fun talking to Kimberly Pierce when I, when I talked to her a few weeks ago about it because this is a passion project for her. But after seeing Stop Lost and after seeing Boys Don't Cry, I wanted to ask her, why are you, you know, what's up? What, what are you doing next? Make something God. happen. <laughs> exactly. She was really great, though. When we did the interview, um, I had my iPod, and I had it plugged in, and sat down and started talking to her. And she said, oh, what's that? I told her about this microphone stuff. The only right. time it didn't record, uh, I told her, was during a Clyde Lewis seance. Of course. Yeah, and afterwards. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me weird. Excellent. So is that open <laughs> today? That's the information you keep to yourself until you <laughs> know the person over. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, so at the end of the interview, it looked, my iPod had only recorded five seconds oh. of the interview. And it was like 11.30. She asked her handler. She goes, no, no, wait, wait. She goes, what, what's my schedule like? She goes, well, you have 90 minutes for lunch, and the TV's coming in. And she's like, all right, let's go again. Oh, that's pretty so cool. she was wow. awesome. Yeah, it was Excellent. fantastic. We had a really great interview. That's episode 89 of Film Fever Radio. It's up two weeks ago. Check 89. it out. 89. Yeah, this week's episode is 91. Jesus. Wow. I know, it's crazy. crazy. Hey, is this the movie that Ryan Felipe filmed with the woman that he had the affair with when he was still with Reese Witherspoon? I don't know. You can I don't, see I don't our know. interest in the whole thing. I don't know details on that stuff. Yeah, because he was having an affair. That's that's what ultimately ended probably, their marriage. Probably, I would imagine. Scott Daly's okay. above such things. No, not above such things. I just don't know. I don't keep All up right. with Brian Felipe's affairs. Uh, but Stop Loss is a very good film. Probably the best thing out there right now. Excellent. Uh, one of my favorites of the year. Uh, second film is called Snow Angels, which opens today as well. Written and directed by David Gordon Green. He did... Um, Probably his most famous film before this is his first one called George Washington. Oh, about yeah. 2000. He, no, no, no. George Washington, he's the guy from Project Greenlight. Right, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Project Greenlight winner. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, his latest film, his film coming up this summer is The Pineapple Express, a Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen film. Yeah. So it's very interesting. His first four, four films, like Kimberly Pierce, are pretty heavy. Uh, and then to see what he's going to do with Pineapple Express could be interesting. The Snow Angels is not a happy story. Kate Beckinsale, um, Sam Rockwell are split up from a divorce. Sam Rockwell's turned to booze and God. They have a daughter who's five years old, and it's from the get-go, from the film opening scene where he comes to pick up his daughter for a day out with dad, you can tell something's not right. This is not going to end well. This is not going to be a happy, uplifting film, um, and it's not, which is interesting because the cast, Sam Rockwell, Amy Sedaris is in right. it. The cast is kind of known for a little, not not quite... It's goofy a, comedies, but a, a little big, lighter stuff. Big ball punch. Yeah, it really is. But but my, my interview with the filmmaker David Gordon Green was is also on that episode eighty nine, and uh, it was it was a really good interview. The, the movie is beautiful. It's it's a very very good film, but man, it's heavy. So be careful. Excellent. Be careful. Have you seen the Black and White Mist? No, I'm getting that t- uh, today. Actually, oh, after, dude. after here, I'm heading to the store and picking it up and taking it home and getting depressed. Yeah, mm. that's, uh, watch that in a darkened room with the shutters drawn. I think if anyone likes silly gossip, yes, that is the girl that he had the affair with. Okay, very is good. she uh, is she hot? You'd like her. Wait, wait hold what on. Does that mean? Hold on, hold on. Now, see, now I almost want to guess. I... You'd like her. Does that mean she's trashy? No. No, I can just, I, I know you're, I've known you long enough. I know your type. Uh, I suppose that's, I suppose it's a fair point. Yeah. All right, now I have to, uh, oh, hey, I guess uh, the Obama thing is posted. Oh, but, oh, so we should back up. Two things. A, the MP3 of the Barack Obama song is posted at 970.am. You just drop down at the bottom. It says, as heard on the Rick Emerson show, that section. Uh, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So there's As Heard on the Rick Emerson Show at 970.am. The MySpace profile is now live. MySpace.com slash Obama Rama Music. It sure is. MySpace.com. I'll put a link on my site. Sarah probably will as well. Obama Rama Music on uh, MySpace. It's also the top friends in Film Fever Radio's MySpace. Thank you. Perfect deal. So so, uh, remember, uh, if you can get the MP3 of, uh, if you like Barack Obama, if you can get that played on a radio station, God bless you. If you can get tape of a DJ playing it, though, 
Uh, you'll score yourself a uh, copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD, episodes four, five, you with uh, all the swag and really. six for the first couple people. Yeah, well, that's impressive. I don't have any. It's not me. That's all Susan and Bridget. Of that's still. I can take no credit. Richie's just so on it. I, I'll ask him to like fix one little thing, and then I look a second later, and he's already done it. Scotty who? Scotty who? Zing! And you know yeah. the whole audience stopped that. Take shit. a break here. <laughs> all right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson show continues. On a Blood Symphony. Don't go anywhere. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, coming up next week, more details on Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Yeah. Uh, happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Uh, the week before my birthday, you know. Is it? Yeah. How old are you going to be? 38? 38. You'll always be older than me. I'm happy about that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so are Rick you Emerson, a little man, Rick? I am. No, I, I'm petty. Like, what, who am I going to lie? <laughs> I'm At petty. Least you're I'm honest. small. <laughs> it's the small victories in life. Uh, uh, the younger. Listener party 11 happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. More details, including uh, location and all of that stuff uh, coming up. So be listening for that. Don't forget, the absolutely live stream of this program launches uh, next uh, Tuesday, April 1st. Uh, we've been doing it for the Glorious Bastards, kind of working all the bugs out and everything. Seems to be working pretty flawlessly. Excellent. Many, 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 many thanks to Bridget from upstairs and Brian Jones, uh, our director of engineering uh, here for uh, making that work. So we'll roll that out for everybody in the whole wide world uh, next Tuesday. So you can find that at 970.am. Also at 970.am, the if you like Barack Obama song is posted as an MP3. It's also up on MySpace, uh, myspace.com slash Obama Rama music. music. <laughs> Richie's already <laughs> Obama Rama music. Did you see the picture for it too? No. It is hilarious. Uh, well, I gotta go there. It's uh, a it's a fruity cocktail with like a um, a tropical drink. Oh, I like did see that. <laughs> an umbrella sitting out. There's a big picture of Barack Obama's head on it. That's so great. So that's myspace.com/slash/obamarama-music. Uh, if you can uh, get that onto a radio station, uh, we'll give you something shiny. Uh, Rick. Where do you buy Viso? You talk about it. I've been to the website. It doesn't say where to get it. I want to try some after work. Jake, uh, try Plaid Pantry. A lot of 7-Elevens have it, too. Uh, Whole, Foods, Whole Foods has it. And uh, Flying Elephant downtown, depending on where you are. All right. Uh, Rick, all this dentist talk makes me think you should make Richie the front man of this fake Obama band on the MySpace and call it Asians of Change. <laughs> <laughs> Asians of change. He can wear his, his his hat he has on today. He said you also need to do a Gary Glitter parody, Barack and Roll Part 2, where instead of yelling, hey, you just yelled change over and over and over again. Thank you, sir. All right. Good night. Uh, Scott Daly, yes, Film Theater Radio, episode 91 up this week. Yes, sir. We uh, have my reviews I just talked about. We also have a special guest, Dan Clark, the Joker phone guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, he got a text in. message. How sad is that, though? And kind of a... I mean, not the, but, I mean, that's no, no, kind it's of, fantastic. But, I mean, it's kind of sad they have to do a text message now. The Joker can't call you, but here's a text message. <laughs> so he got anyway, a, that is a But sad. he did get a text from the Joker, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, so. he did. That, that came in. Uh, and he's talking about the uh, Harvey Dent mobile at Rolling Town last week. And also, because he's a correspondent for figures.com, we get it. We 
we geek out about action figures and some of the new stuff coming up this year, like the Indiana Jones line and new Star Wars stuff and Batman and all that good stuff. So Excellent. A geektacular episode this week of Film Fever Radio at filmfeverradio.com. All right. Uh, how long Just do we go. have here? Uh, one minute. Sorry. One minute. Uh, let's see here. Um, boy, do I dare take this last call? I have yes. no idea who it is. Just all right. It. Last call of the week. Don't be terrible. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. In the book, Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, it answers all of your Darth Vader bodily functions. Team Cobra Whiskey kicks some major butt. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Ah! Okay. I love that. Uh, we, can't, we can't end any better than that. Um, <laughs> except to say this about those spider or those ants that scream at you. What? So somebody uh, sent yeah. me this. Uh, this is from a, an actual book from Harvard University Press, Identification Guide to the Ant Genera of the World. Um... Let's see, Costa Rican natural natural. Anyway, they they give the they give the sites for this about those books or about the, or rather books about the uh, the bullet ants. Um, these ants typically have large, well-developed stings. Um, they're blah blah blah. The sting is used offensively during during food foraging and defensively for protection. The venom is neurotoxic, blocks central nervous system transmission, and is an uh, agonistic to mammalian smooth muscle. Uh, all this means it's bad for people. Yeah. Uh, and the ants flying at you out of the tree. They fly and they scream. The oh ant is God. not aggressive except when defending self or territory. When their nest is disturbed, defenders swarm out, oh release a heavy musky odor, make an audible warning, then grab and impale intruders. <laughs> oh my God! And we're out. All right. We want to thank uh, Scott Daly from Film Fever Radio, Chris Sneathan from On the Bli- uh, On the Bli- On the, Bli- on the, Bli- on the com, uh, a blog you ought to be reading. Uh, Lisa Desjardins and uh, Steve Kastenbaum, who got uh, bumped today. So, uh, all right, join us next week for the live stream on Tuesday. More details on Listener Party 11, and go to uh, 970.am or MySpace.com/slash/ObamaRamaMusic for the uh, if you like, uh, like Barack Obama song. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Jim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Director of engineering, Brian Jones. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Like us 101 and Flash Friday next. Down to Mike at 7. See y'all on Monday. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it down. Bye now. AM 970. Hot Asian ladies.